Blog Talk Radio. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling stuff, but I know I can be with you for the night. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the New Evolution Radio Network. Law. Put on the mind of God is what you have to do. What does that mean? Go get something. You already got it. El Fatah. Open is your work. The becoming is your work. Everything you need, you got it. If somebody says, be ye perfect, You'd have to already be perfect because you can't put pieces together to make perfect those apart. Perfect is one. Undivided. Unbroken. Complete. Well, brother, let me tell you something. You already got it. You already are it. You just don't know it. And what I mean is this thing here does not know it is perfect. It keeps telling you you're making mistakes. You don't know what you're doing. You can't do that. You don't know how to do that. I'm poor. I ain't got. I don't know what. That ain't where the mind of Christ works. But that's what you want to quiet in your mind. And put, I can, I know how, I am. I so desire. For whatever it is you so desire, you decree it, declare it, and proclaim it. That's how you get it, because that's how you got everything else you got. As to whether you did it consciously or subconsciously, it doesn't matter. You have three levels of mind. The super, the conscious, and the subconscious. And you think on all three of them. It's what you're thinking that makes the difference. If you're subconscious, keeps making you make mistakes it's because you keep telling it to do so. And as long as you tell your mind it's broken, it's going to behave like a broken mind. It's going to keep you poor, hungry, and scared. That's imperfect. Turn that shit around. I am G. O.D. Right now. I am master, able, and noble right now. That's your prayer for transforming yourself to G.O.D. And don't accept anything less than that. Stop being a servant. Stop groveling in your prayers. Claim your divinity. Claim your godhood. Claim the knowledge of the universe. Claim your wealth. Noble Drew Ali told the Moors, each and every one of you is supposed to inherit a million dollars. And he said that in 1920-something. How many millionaires we got now? Hell, you can't... What do you mean not many? We got so many, we can't even count them, man. Where are you living at? I'm trying to tell you something. 
You have to get you past poverty with this. Quit thinking poor. Quit thinking I don't have it. I don't, I can't get it. Don't look up and see somebody else hit the numbers for $20 million and they tell yourself, I, I can't, I, I, I ain't. I. What the hell are you talking about? Why can't you turn around and tell yourself just the opposite? I didn't win 20 million. That's what the sister did when she opened up the Bible and the Spirit told her to read those verses in that chapter. And then when she got ready to close the book, the Spirit told her, don't close that book, write them numbers down. <laughs> and carried them to the wind. Wait a minute, I'm talking about right here in New York. A black woman who used to scrub floors for a living. Six million dollars that weekend. She ain't scrubbing nobody's damn floors no more. You know what I'm saying? You know? Quit reaching for the bottom. And the money's on top. Real money. And, and don't ask God for some money because a penny is money and he'll give you a penny if you ask for a penny. You know what I'm saying? Quit asking for cheap shit. <laughs> damn supermarket full of steaks. You go in there and buy some damn beans and rice. What is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Get up here. Why is it you don't think you're supposed to live a wonderful, pleasant, prosperous life? Who told you you weren't supposed to do that? Nobody but you. Well, quit doing that. Yeah, quit going for the okey-doke. It's okey-doke. I'm poor. It's okey-doke. I ain't got shit. It's okey-doke. Yeah. I'm sick. It's okey-doke. I don't know shit. It's okey-doke. Quit <laughs> going Quit going for okey-doke. You hear me? Now I'm talking to your spirit. Because that's what's going to get you out of poverty. And that's what's going to get you out of hell. It's the God within yourself. That's the one you're looking for. That's your best friend. And that's the only one who will be with you forever. When Jesus goes somewhere else, that God will still be there. You sure enough want to make him and her your best friend. See? A God that will always tell you the truth. Only if you will always listen. When you stop listening, everybody starts telling you a lie. Because that's what you're looking for when you stop listening to your own truth. Take the responsibility of being God. How do you get there? One way and one way only. By desire. You have to want to be God. You can't get there no other way. Psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire is the law of mind in action. The psychological assumption automatically provides the means to fulfill the dream desire 
If you do not have the desire to become God, you are not going to become God, certainly not by accident. That's a car running over you, not God. You have to have it in here. If you want to be a servant, that's already in there. That's easy. Upgrade. You heard the statement, all grow up. Well, yeah, grow up. <laughs> and find out you might be 25 feet tall. <laughs> That's a Reverend Biscuit in me coming out there. And why do I say that? Because after 46 years and teaching you morons for 23 years, you want to take the easy way out. Because you think life is a journey. That is horseshit. Life's a journey if you're a moron and you're retarded. That's why, you know, that's what, that's what you've done with the life up here to four. It's been a journey. And how good is the fucking journey? You tell me. Wouldn't you have rather... When the first time you went out with somebody that you thought you were in love with, thought is the operative word, wouldn't you have lied to have a, a template? Oh, let's follow this process instead of, because that is a journey. And all the mistakes you made and raising this fucking little shithead for kids you got, instead of having this book, life doesn't have to be a journey. It's a journey for morons. You think life is a journey for the Trump kids? It's a motherfucking process, the same process his daddy raised him by. Same for me. Life ain't a journey if you're my kid. It's a goddamn process. So you tell me if you're results oriented at all, who's better off, the journey or the process? And for the most part, most people in this room and most people listening on YouTube have to come to the realization, as sad as it is, that you have pissed, you have urinated, heretofore, up until this morning, your entire life down a fucking shithole. Very simple. That's it. If you want to create massive wealth. If you just want to be a happy, slappy, housewife from fucking Dundee or a happy slappy bimbo from fucking Toronto or a happy slappy guy who goes to the Little League games in Mesa, Arizona, then that's okay. But if you want to create some fucking money, and money's not everything, but if you don't money, think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to fucking shop. Say that with an Irish accent. Okay. If, <laughs> if you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. If you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. Correct. <laughs> uh, correct. And, but I mean, 
you can get money and then go save the world. You can get money and save the forests in Brazil. You make money and go save global warming, which I don't believe in. You can, I mean, and save the, uh, the kids in Biafra and all that shit. But without money, you can't save a fucking thing. Don't you understand? Don't the fucking idiots on YouTube understand that? Until you make some shekels. Until you make some fucking coin. You can't help anybody. Because if love got the job done, you wouldn't all be fucked up. And I've had mothers, daughters, grandfather, daughter, uh, son. I've run three generations of the gamut in this seminar here. And they all say the exact same thing. The daughter looks to the mother, you fucked me up. The, do- the mother looks to the father, you fucked me up. And they all agree. And where it really gets dicey is the second or, three day, second or third days after they have a few drinks, a few pops. Then it, gets, it can get fucking ugly, as Sally would say. Fucking ugly. Nothing like a mother to turn on her daughter or vice versa. Nothing like it. It's like in the fucking movies. It's like a goddamn soap opera. Because that's life. And if we admit it to ourselves, then we have an opportunity to move on. If we don't, then we're just fucked in the quagmire. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. You know what free is, nigga? What's free? Free is when nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. So my niggas, I need you. Do all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my niggas stay free. Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I wanna be. Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet. So my niggas, I need you. Stay up, I know these times ain't true. Since the lad I was cunning, just got a pad out in London I keep stacking my money, I need a ladder by summer 8K shots, niggas ducking straight shots Been a top dog, that's before the K dots Cracking in 06, immaculate showmanship Talking like you Mitch, disastrous on the strip Holding on your bitch, could've never sold you a brick With them people, you never been on the list Mona Lisa to me ain't nothing but a bitch Hanging pictures like niggas swinging from his dick we so different, you thought these didn't exist The Megalodon, never seen on his wrist I'm from the South where they never make it this rich God is the greatest, but Satan been on his shit Walking the pavement, I pray I'm illuminated Over a decade and never nobody's favorite Pot and kilo go hand in hand like we gambling huff My amigo a million grams when we count them enough You was dead broke, I let you hold it back You paid for it, but I fuck around and stole the track Screaming gang gang, now you wanna rap Racketeering charges, caught him on the tap Looking for a bond, lawyers wanna tap Purple hair, got them faggots on your back free? free is when nobody else can tell us what to be Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see Told my niggas I need you Do all the fame, you know I stay true Pray my niggas stay free Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I wanna be Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet so my niggas, I need you Stay up, I know these times ain't true Real life, yeah. we're free Fed investigations, heard they plotting like I trapped 20 million cash, they know I got that off a rap Maybe it's the Michael Rubens or the Robert Krafts 
Or the billionaire from Marcy in the way they got my back, huh? See how I prevail and now they try to knock me back, huh? Lock me in the cell for all them nights and I won't snatch, huh? 250 a show and they still think I'm selling crack, huh? When you bring my name up to the judge, you tell them facts. Tell them how we funding all these kids to go to college. Tell them how we teaching all these boys stopping violence. Trying to fix the system in the way that they designed it. I think they want me silent. Oh, say you can see. I don't feel like I'm free. Locked down in my cell, shackled from ankle to feet. Judge banging that gavel, turned me to slave from a king. Another day in the bing. I gotta hang from a string. Just for popping up, Willie, my people march to the city. From a cell to a chopper, view from the top of the city. You can tell how we rockin' soon as I pop up. We litty poppin' like Bad Boy in 94. Big poppin' and Diddy and niggas countin' me out. Like my account ain't busy. That's 5 million 20. Sit up and count to I'm dizzy. Spend a 500,000. Hundred round in the city. If we beefin' a rabbit, I might just pop up with Drizzy. Like what's free? Free is when nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Told my niggas I need you. Through all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my niggas stay free. Made a few mistakes, but this ain't where I wanna be. Before I'm judged by 12, put a 12 on my feet. Told my niggas I need you. Stay up, I know these times ain't true. Real life, what's free? In the land of the free, where the blacks enslave. Three fifths of a man, I believe's the phrase. I'm 50% of Ducey and it's that free, yeah. 100% of Ace of Spade, worth half a beat. Uh. Rock Nation, half of that, that's my piece. 100% of title to bust it up with my cheese. Uh. Smokes, my niggas won't ever work together. You run a checker, but they never give you leverage. No red hat, don't Michael and Prince me and yay. They separate you when you got Michael and Prince's DNA. Uh. I ain't one of these house niggas you bought my house like a resort My house bigger than yours, my spot Come on, man My route better, of course We started without food in our mouth They gave us pork and pig intestines Shit you discarded that we ingested We made the project a way you came back Reinvested and gentrified it Took niggas since the pride, now how that's free And them people stole a song and hit niggas with 360s I ain't got a billion streams, got a billion dollars Inflating numbers like we po' be happy about this we was praising Billboard, but we were young. Now I look at Billboard like, is you dumb? To this day, Grandma afraid what I might say. They gonna have to kill me, Grandmama, I'm not their slave. <laughs> Check out the bazaar, rapping style used by me. The HOV, look at my hair free, carefree. Niggas ain't nair free, enjoy your change. What's your employer name with the hair piece? I survived a hood, can't no shot come rob me. My account's so good, I'm practically living tax free. Factory, that's me. Sold drugs, got away, scot free. That's a CCE copy. Kill free, steal me, and expect me to not feel away. To this day, you would say, y'all kill me. Sucker free, no shucking me. I don't job turkey. I say happy Thanksgiving shit, sound like a murder to me. Smoke free, all of y'all. Calling out toll free. Label rocking for millions, yet you wanna put a hole in me. Sugar free, season. But I'm so free, you lay a hand on hold my shooter, shoot for free, I promise World War 3 Send an order through a hands free, kill you in 24 hours or shorter, you can't ignore the hand speed On guard, it's off the head, this improv, but it's no comedy Sign I fail, hell nah Ha You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. 
I've always been interested in the occult. Occult is simply a word meaning hidden, and so much of our powers in this world and the way things work are, are hidden. And uh, the more one looks at this subject of how the world actually works, you begin to see that there's a magical system, and I'm telling you there really is a magical system dominating the world of the Western civilization. To go to the basis, the fundamental foundation on which things sit in order to understand. Begin to see how magical use of words and terms and symbols are used. You need to start looking at the world of the occult in politics and religion. And the powers that be in this world have set up a world of symbols and emblems and terms and catchphrases. And it, once you understand how this system works, it's fascinating because for the first time, the world opens up to you a whole new perspective on how government works, on how banks work, on how institutions and education it is very well planned, organized, and directed. There is a hidden agenda, so to speak. And it's been my uh, desire to uncover this. And once you begin to see the symbols and realize that the symbols for the national coats of arms for countries, the flags, the seals, the presidential seals, the emblems for the logos and emblems on corporate, uh, corporations, especially the, uh, the the corporate emblems for motion pictures and television companies like Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS has the I. The Colombian uh, system goes back to the Colombian faction of the Illuminati back in the early 1700s, not the late 1700s. And I set up a system of merchant banking and had their Phoenician Canaanite symbols and words connected to their societies, their banking societies. We're talking about in the Middle, in the Middle East, and then through the Greece, and ultimately through Rome, and then into Britannia, and ultimately into this country comes an ancient Druidic Phoenician Canaanite magical system of finance, government, education, and all of it is right in front of you. But if you don't understand what the words are and what the words mean, you're never going to figure out how uh, this stuff works. And incidentally, where, where do you find a bank? We go to banks all the time. Where do you find a bank? Banks are on both sides of a river. They're called river banks. What does a river bank do? It directs the flow of the current sea. Your money is referred to as the current sea. This is why when you go to court, you have the current electricity because it's the juice. And if you don't have the juice, you don't have it. So if you don't have the juice, you can't capitalize. And the capital is a Latin word meaning money. Consequently, Caesar ruled from what was referred to in history books, Caesar ruled from up on the hill. It was called Capitol Hill, Capitoline Hill with the Senate. You need to understand that Washington, D.C. as a Jesuit Catholic establishment under international maritime admiralty law. And once you begin to see how the system of the ancient uh, Catholic system 
the Jesuits, the ancient Roman Empire, the Phoenician Canaanite banking system is all part of a world-dominating system. Again, I'm saying you better do your homework. You need to understand that according to the old Phoenician Canaanite system, which we call today our judicial, educational and judicial system, there is no law in this country or in the Western world, no law, federal, state, county, city, commercial, it makes no difference. There is no law on the books anywhere in this country that applies to you as an individual creature. There is no law. They have no control over you, your flesh and blood self. But somebody has to control this show, and so consequently, the ancient Phoenician Canaanites developed a, new, a system by which they would assign to every person a second you. And this is the way it works in America. There is two of you. Consequently, the system has made each one of you a corporation. And how, how now do you distinguish which one, uh, when someone's addressing you, that they're addressing you as the one that your mother gave birth to, or the corporate you? For every piece of important bills, insurance, driver's license, identification, uh, taxes, I don't care what it is. If it's a piece of business, period, in any kind of way, shape, or form, your name must, by law, international maritime admiralty banking law, your name must appear in all capital letters. When you sign your name, upper and lower case, that is applying to your body. Your, your flesh and blood self is spelled, according to British and American law, upper and lower case, capital letter, lower case. That's you, your personal self. There is no law that can be applied to an upper and lower case name, period. Pass and read on a check what, what is said where you sign your name. That's why the attorneys tell you, you better check the small print. The Bible of Business on the Earth. Uniform Commercial Code. Uniform Commercial Code is based directly on Vatican Canon Law, on the Roman Canon Law. Consequently, when a ship pulls into port, it pulls in and stops in its call in its berth. The ship is now in its berth. Because it is on the law of the high seas, or commercial maritime, UCC commercial law, rules the seas. So when the ship pulls into its berth, the first thing the captain must do is to present a certificate of manifest to the port authorities, which means that the port authorities need to know how much is on this ship that you're bringing into our country and our economy. How many TVs, how many cars, uh, whatever you're bringing, how much are you bringing into our economy. So you have to have a certificate of manifest of what is the value of your ship here, what are you doing. Consequently, when you are born, you come out of your mother's water. Therefore, you must have a birth certificate, a certificate of manifest, because you are a corporation-owned item. You are a human resource. This goes back to the German Nazi concept. 
that every human coming out of their mother's water must be birthed. And therefore you have to have a certificate, a manifest, to see how much this individual is going to make for us in our new world order. I'm telling you that until you understand the laws, the symbols, the emblems, what these words mean, you're never going to suspect how far gone we really are. Did you know, for instance, that your birth certificate is a security on the stock exchange in the New York stock market? Did you know that? Because if you order your birth certificate, get a new one, order your birth certificate, it only costs you, sometimes it's free, it only, only costs you a few dollars, order your birth certificate. On your birth certificate, all birth certificates in this country, on the bottom, it will tell you this is printed on security papers. Do not accept, if not on full color security paper. Then on the right hand corner, you will always have a series of numbers, red numbers, printed on the, on the birth certificate. Those numbers are a security stock exchange number on the world stock exchange. You go to any good stock office and ask them, check these numbers in your computer and see how much this stock is worth, the certificate. And they will check it on the New York Stock Exchange and find you, your birth certificate, is a stock on the stock exchange in America. Why? Because you are worth money to the international bank that bought you in 1930. We need to wake up. Greatest single enemy to this totalitarian system is a free people of free people who can do their own thinking, investigate everything, and have the ability to, to confront the powers that be. And of course we were called, America was called the land of the free and the home of the brave. We are not free and we are not brave. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. I want to share with you how to reach your goals. I think the Bible's greatest motivational book ever been written. Now, I want you to repeat after me, please. We've got to recondition our minds first. Let us say together, good things are supposed to happen to me. Yeah, write that down. I want you to say that to yourself every day. See, we live in a world where we believe that bad things are supposed to happen to us. I remember at a point in my life, Bishop, when things are going good for me, and I said, this is too good to be true. Something is bound to happen. Guess what? It did. Thou shalt decree a thing that shall be established unto you and shall accomplish that whereunto it has been sent. Watch your words. Watch what you say about yourself, about your affairs. Be conscious of that on a daily basis. Why? Because your words are powerful. In the beginning was the word. Life and death is in the tongue. Watch what you say. Never say, I'm broke. Say, I'm overcoming a cash flow problem. <laughs> Claim what you want, not what you don't want. So affirm, good things are supposed to happen to me. And begin to believe that. Begin to expect that. Now, I was talking to my oldest son. Calvin, we're going for a walk. And I said, Calvin, do you want to be successful? He said, yes, sir, Dad. So okay. He kept on walking. Then I stopped and I looked him in the eyes. It's my namesake. 
my junior. I said, Calvin, we're looking at each other eye to eye now. Do you expect to be successful? Given the fact that you are a single parent of two kids, given the fact that you decided not to go to college to further your education, given the fact that you are very talented, but you're behind on your dreams and your bills, do you expect, based upon your performance, based upon what you produce at this point in time in your life, do you expect to be successful? And Calvin got quiet. Because see, if you ask most people at the Manpower Conference, do you want to be successful? Do you want to live a life of productivity? Do you want to live a life of contribution? Do you want to be a better father? Do you want to have your own business? Are there dreams you want? Everybody will say yes. But see, want shows up in conversation. Expectation shows up in behavior. See, I can tell what you expect by what you do. That's why the Bible says, judge a tree by the fruit it bears. Not the fruit that it wants. Not the fruit that it talks about. Not the fruit that it claims. But by what you are doing. See, what you do when you leave here. When the music stops. When the shouting dies down, your behavior, how you conduct yourself, writing your goals down, deciding to enroll in school to get a GED, deciding to sit into class with children young enough to be your grandchildren, decide to find some product, some idea, some service that you can provide so that you can begin to create some value for yourself so you can create wealth. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It's very important that we begin to learn how to create wealth. I'm not talking about loving money. See, I believe that lack of money is the root of all evil. People are steal for money. People are killed for money. People go to jail for money. Every time the unemployment goes up, in those areas where the unemployment is high, that's where you have the highest incidence of crime and violence. Whenever the unemployment goes up 1% in our community, 10,000 children and women are battered. One money makes a difference in your life. I never wanted to be rich. All I've ever wanted to do was to be comfortable. How many of you ever wanted to be comfortable? Raise your hand. Then I realized in order to be comfortable, you got to be rich. An old friend of mine, Dick Ziggler, said, people say money won't make you happy, but everybody want to find out for themselves. <laughs> Rita Davenport said, money ain't important, but it's right up there with oxygen. And let me tell you something, fellas, even if you're as homeless as I am, if you got some money, women will find something cute on you. <laughs> he got earlobes like Denzel, honey. <laughs> money makes a difference. I used to be so broke when creditors would call the house, my children would answer the phone and say, my daddy say he ain't home. <laughs> I was so broke at one time in my life, I walked by a bank and tripped the alarm. <laughs> I tell you, poverty sucks. You hear me? <laughs> Repeat after me, please. I'll never be broke again. Yes, write that down. I affirm that I'll never be broke again. Never. Never will I ever be broke again. Let me tell you what money does. 
Number one, it gives you control over your life. Write that down. Number two, it gives you options. Three, it allows you to live a life of contribution, to contribute to things that you feel strongly about. Like this ministry and the work of Project 2000 will be doing to change the lives of young people. Bishop Jake's vision is that we can have little league football teams and baseball teams and basketball teams, then we can have little league dermatologists and cardiologists and endocrinologists. So he is now establishing an institution, Project 2000, to give our young people the methods and the techniques to reinvent themselves as we go into the next millennium. And this era that Peter Drucker calls the era of the three C's, accelerated change, overwhelming complexity, and tremendous competition. So here's the first step to accumulating wealth. If you expect to do it, write this down. You must be willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. That's why the book of life said the road to life is straight and narrow and few there be that find it. Because few there be that are willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow others won't have. What are the things that others won't do? Number one, make discipline a major force in your life. How many of you know if you'd have been more disciplined, you'd be further along to reach your goals right now? Socrates said the undisciplined life is an insane life. The road to life is straight and narrow because few there be that are willing to discipline themselves. Here's something else that most people won't do. Make it okay to fail. A lot of people, 85% of people, allow their fear of failure to outweigh their desire to succeed. Repeat after me, please. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing badly. Yeah, see, anything is worth doing is worth doing right, as we have been taught, if you know how to do it. But if you don't know how to do it, it's worth doing badly until you get it right. Now write this down. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. The first time I stood up to speak, I stood up and my mind sat down. I looked at the audience and I panicked. I had to introduce a play at school. Oh. We're about, we're about to start off. Ran off, Mr. Washington. Mr. Brown, where are you going? Uh, Mr. Washington, I, I can't think, sir. I, 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 I don't know. Did you rehearse? Yes, sir, I did. Well, what's wrong? Why did you say your lines? I, 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 don't, I don't know, sir. I just I got up there and I looked at him and everything left me. Let me do it another day, please, sir. No, go back out there, Mr. Brown. Mr. Washington, I'll mess up, please, sir. Don't, 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 don't send me out there now. I'll mess up. Mr. Brown, if you run now, you will always be running. Anything that's worth doing, is worth doing badly until you get it right. Why are you moving like that? I got to go to the bathroom, sir. Mr. Brown, go back out there. Yes, sir. We're about to start a plea called 12 Angry Men, directed by Mr. Leroy Washington. And I ran off. The next day, hey, Alfalfa! 
They dogged me out. They talked about me so bad. The next time another event came up, Mr. Washington, Mr. Brown, you're up. I said, no, Mr. Washington. Everybody says, no, not him. I said, they're right, Mr. Washington, not me. He said, Mr. Brown, you're up. Yes, sir. And I went out and pretty soon when people laughed at me, it didn't bother me. They would throw paper and I could catch it without losing my concentration. And then one day, I came out, and a hush went across the audience because it must have been something about me that indicated that I had come to myself. And Mr. Washington had been practicing with me to give a presentation. And I looked at the audience and I said, I choose not to be a common man. It's my right to be uncommon if I can. I seek opportunity, not security. I do not wish to be a kept citizen, humbled and dull by having the state look after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I refuse to live from hand to mouth. I prefer the challenges of life to the guaranteed existence, the thrill of fulfillment to the stale calm of utopia. I will never cower before any master, nor bend to any threat. It's my heritage to stand erect, proud and unafraid, to face the world boldly and say, this I have done. Girl stood up and said, that's my boyfriend, honey. I like me some left brow, baby. <laughs> but I didn't start off like that. You have something special. You have talents and abilities in you that you don't even know. So how do we begin to create wealth? Let me give you some, some ideas. Number one, write this down, knowledge. What knowledge that you have in this economy, part of what we need, that people are willing to pay you for that. Next is talent. What talent? Dion's talent is playing football. I didn't have that as a talent. My talent is talking. To me, my definition of success is doing what you love to do and find somebody to pay you to do it. You want to master your talent. Find out what it is that you love to do. I love to talk. Scripture is another key that says to us what we need to do to begin to develop ourselves. Luke 12, 34, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what do you love to do? And then explore ways in which you can earn a living doing that. Cooking, writing, painting, working with numbers, working with people. The other thing is, not only must you have knowledge, talent, some skill, but the other thing that's important, faith to act on whatever your dream is. See, if you don't believe in yourself, how many people you know that have a lot of talent, a lot of abilities, but they don't believe in themselves? Raise your hands. See, that faith is very important. So the faith to act on those dreams, those desires, Here's scripture that I, that I like very much. Proverbs 16, 16th chapter, third verse. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit means to carry into action deliberately. Commit means to make it happen no matter what. Commitment is different between next time you have bacon and eggs. The chicken was involved. The pig was committed. He had to give it all up. That's going to take a minute to sink in. No, all right? See, when you make a commitment, I'm going to become wealthy. When you make it important, when you decide I'm going to do it no matter what, 
Life changes for you. See, most people don't keep their commitments to their commitments. That's why they lead lives of poverty, lives of misery, lives of unhappiness. Socrates said the uncommitted life isn't worth living. So part of what you must do, whatever commitment, whatever covenant you make with God while you're here, to go back to be a better father, to go back to make a difference in the community, to go back to change your life, to decide not to ever to use drugs or alcohol again, to decide to bet that you're going to begin to recreate yourself, that you're going to be reborn to a new state of consciousness. Whatever commitment that you make, keep your commitment to your commitment. No matter what, if it's hard, then do it hard. But keep your commitment to your commitment. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. Treat yourself to a luxury of nature. Coming soon. 100% natural shea butter. Natural moisturizer. Just for the skin. Naturalsturbs.com Come get a health reading and find out exactly what your body is missing. Then check out the herbal elixirs that will get your body back to its optimal level. NaturalHerbs.com While you're at NaturalHerbs.com, get your fill of any one of the natural herbal elixir teas. They have from 1 to 10 to target specific organs and areas of your temple. For your blood, lungs and respiratory system, male and female organs, digestive tract, skin purification, chakras, Rejuvenation of brain cells, respiratory system, bone and muscle detox. Experience the power of healing at naturalsherbs.com. Get your organic iris sea moss at naturalsherbs.com. Get the most out of your body from naturalsherbs.com. You have to fight the constant attacks being waged against your temple. Free shipping on orders $25 or more. While you're at it, go over to MakeMoreCommerce.com and check out the packages they have to provide you with remedy. That's M-A-K-E-M-O-O-R-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com. Go check it out right now. NaturalsHerbs.com is this you discussing Indian blood? We're going to judge people by whether they have Indian blood, whether they're qualified to run a gaming casino or not? Uh, I, that probably is me, absolutely. Because I'll tell you what, if you look, if you look at some of the reservations that you've approved, you, sir, and your great wisdom have approved, I will tell you right now, uh, they don't look like Indians to me. And they don't look like the Indians. Now, maybe we say politically correct or not politically correct. They don't look like Indians to me, and they don't look like Indians to Indians. And a lot of people are laughing at it, and you're telling how tough it is, how rough it is to get approved. Well, you go up to Connecticut, and you look. Now, they don't look like Indians to me, sir. 
Thank God that's not the test of whether or not people have rights in this country or not, whether or not they pass your look test. Depends whether, yeah, depends whether or not you're approving it, sir. No, no, it's not a question of whether I'm approving it. Not a question of whether I'm approving it. Mr. Trump, you know, you know in the history of this country where we've heard this discussion before, they don't look Jewish to me. Oh, really? They don't look well. Indian to me. They don't look Italian to me. Mm -hmm. And that was a test for whether people could go into business or not go into business, whether they could get a bank loan. You're too black. You're not black enough. I want to find out. You, a, well, then why are you you're approving a, for Indian? Why don't you approve it for everybody then? Sir? If your case is non-discriminatory, why don't you approve for everybody? You're saying well, you only Indians. Wait a minute, sir. You're saying minutes? only Indians can have the reservations. Only Indians can have the gaming. So why aren't you approving it for everybody? Why are you being discriminatory? Why is it that the Indians don't pay tax? But everybody else does. I do. Most people have heard that this is wrong, or they've been told that this is wrong, but they may not know exactly how that is and have the clarity and the concept of why and how this is wrong. So in order for me to share with you what this lecture is about, which is how to survive the fall of Rome, the first order of business is to point out to you that this is Rome and how it's wrong, why you really don't want to be a part of it, which you'll figure out on your own not for me to tell you where you want to be. Um, what, what I have come up with that we are under now is the Nazi-German Judeo-Christian European alliance of the Holy Roman Empire that does all of this damage under the name of the United States of America. And the people of America, the true Americans, have no idea what's going on. They have no idea why it's going on. Of this particular uh, corporation that we call a country has subjects and citizens that are the least informed persons on this planet. This, has, this, this country has what you call the most staunch control of the media, but it appears to have the most liberal media in the world. And it really doesn't. At the end of the day, by the time we're done today, you're going to have a better clue of what that's about. Now this is what the deal is. The people that are the true Americans in this country call themselves African American Negro black colored people. Now one of the things they wanted me to share with you guys was, and I shared it with you before, but I have to share it with you. This is turned wrong because you guys can't see it, can you? Is that better? Okay. You sure? Can you guys see it over there? Okay. Ooh, this is a tiny one. Is this the only black um, marker in the room? I'm going to need, this is, this is almost dry. I'm going to need another one. Take my word for anything. 
Get your regular dictionary out and turn to the word American. Okay. Uh, those people that were not here last year, because the people that were here should already know this. If you have a penny, uh, take it out and put it on the brown side of your hand. Those people that were not here last year. And when I say, say, when I ask you to do something, it would be good if you could just go on and, and roll with me and just do it. Because you'll be able to keep up better if you do it, what I'm telling you to do, instead of just sitting there and listening to me. This is interactive. Most people learn by doing, not only by hearing. There are most different modes of modal uh, different modalities of learning. Some people learn by what they hear, others learn by what they see, and most people learn best by actually doing it themselves. That's what makes it stick for them. Okay. The 18th, oh, and you know what? I think I brought it, but please God tell me where it is. It may be something else back there. I bought um, a, 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 some pages, some copies of the 1854 Noah Webster's Dictionary. The 1854, 1849, and 1859 versions have the same definition for American. Mm -hmm. Americans are the copper-colored races of people that were found on these shores when the Europeans arrived here. That was the original definition for American. To use the word American and apply it to the descendants or the immigrants of Europe when they first started doing that, that was really strange and very foreign to call them Americans. The word did not really fit them. Now, how many of you have the penny on the back of your hand? If you look at what they show in John Wayne movies as Indians or the people that you see on reservations today, does the definition of a copper-colored person fit those people or does it fit your people? Okay, so you guys need to be very clear on that. Now, American can be broken down several different ways, um, uh, mercenaries and other things like this. But I had to figure out what the word, and I just figured this out about three weeks ago, that our guesses were like, you're off, you're off, come back, come back, and then they showed it to me. The word breaks down to the word am. Turn in your dictionary and look up the word am, A-M. The word am is defined as essence or essential, the basics of something, the rudimentary, is the essence of a thing. Now, turn to your dictionary. Am I going too fast for those that are flipping? Okay, turn to the word Erica. Now, in your dictionary, it's going to say um, ericaceous or something to this effect. Now, for the am, remember how you guys came last year? Uh, those that didn't come last year, I forgot. In order to see the, the definition that I'm giving of the word am, that it's essential, you need to get in the brackets, look like, which look like parentheses, but they're squared. Because the word essential or essence will not be in the par uh, paragraph definition. You have to go to the brackets to find the definition. Is there anybody that's looking that didn't see that in their, in their dictionary? If you don't see it, I'll come show you. You didn't see it? Does your dictionary not have brackets? Mm -hmm. 
to fight the evil eye. Do you know that the term evil eye meant the possessors of blue eyes? Did anybody know that? Where did I find that? Oh, my God. I, I was blasting. Now, you guys know that the green-eyed monster is what? Jealousy. The blue eye is jealousy. Now, see, this is the thing. The people that you guys call white, my people think that they hate us. It's like, why do they hate us so much? They don't really hate us. What it is is they are jealous of you, and they are angry with you because they're not you. And it, it really makes them hostile. So their envy where your concern comes across to you as hatred, when really they are just mad as hell because they ain't you. And at the end of the day, they have you thinking you're inferior and that they're superior and this, that, and the other. But if my people are inferior, and brothers in particular, they lead you guys to believe you're the least thing that anybody should try to be on earth, but everywhere you go, everybody tries to be just like you. I don't care what brothers start doing. They want to walk like y'all. They want to play your music. They want to dance like you, rap like you, low, low ride like you do. They want to, if you turn your hats this way, they turn in their hats. If you start jive walking, they start jive walking. Whatever brothers are doing, Asians, China, I mean Chinese, Japanese, Koreans, Vietnamese, Spanish, white, I don't care who they are. Everybody's mocking you or copying you. Why? They want to be you. If you are an inferior creature, what oddity but a total retard would run around and try to mock or emulate or mimic something inferior to them? You only model or emulate that which is better than you think you are. You want to be like somebody that has something you want to be like, that you look up to. How many of you run around and try to copy somebody you think is retarded? If you start trying to dress like somebody, you think that they're doing something that's got it going on. And you're trying to copy what you feel will get you where they are. But at the end of the day, they keep making you think you're nowhere. That's something to really think about. And I guess they wanted me to share that with you. But let, me, let me just, and I really wanted to have this on three by five cards. You guys have no idea. Today was just, the last week has been absolutely insane. It's been absolutely nuts. And I don't like doing lectures from notes and paper, but... I've been copied, uh, uh, acquiring this information for months. Here it is. This is what I found as the definition of the evil eye. The evil eye originally meant and still means the baleful gift of men who have light blue eyes. The evil eye is known by Arabs as a, a, a phrase called Ain. This is Herman we just write this down. A-I-N, that's for those of you that are into uh, uh, Islamic verbiage. A-L-H-A-S-A-D. Ain al-Hassad. And that phrase means the eye of envy. These people are jealous of you. That's it. At the end of the day, they're jealous of you, and I'm getting ready to tell you guys why. Now, in ancient times, the Ancient or ancient Romans, and you know, any time they say ancient, they're talking about your people. The ancient Romans declared that the evil eye was illegal, so blue eyes became illegal. 
<laughs> I just thought I had to share that with you guys. That was something that the Oncasters wanted you guys to know because their position is that a lot is wrong. Now, they wanted me to point out before I get into this lecture how you're going to be able to watch the game that keeps getting played. Over the centuries, and we, me and my sister don't think they're very much older than a thousand years. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, the white man's been around doing this for 6,000. The earth could not tolerate 6,000 years of the pink man's dominion. Look at how much damage they've done in the 40, 50, 30 years that you've been walking. 6,000 years of them would leave nothing left standing. So it's not possible that they've been doing what they do for 6,000 years. Okay? So don't get, you know, don't let anybody screw you up with that. They're not that old. At any rate, originally the buzzword for attacking people, because what they do is they create a word. So, and they use the word to induce fear in other people. And they make you decide, well, I'm not one of those people. That's those people over there. And everybody does not want to be connected or attached to this word by any strange way at all. The first word they used when they came out with this craziness was savages. Then the buzzword became witches, demons, devil worshippers, warlocks, and the like dealers in magic and the black arts. Then they came up with another set of buzzwords, which were heretics, pagans, heathens. Then the next set of buzzwords was communists, communist party, communism. Then they turned around and said, okay, it's all about the gangsters and the dope dealers during Prohibition time and the Al Capone days. Then it came out to drug lords, criminals, thugs during our day. Now the new word is terrorist, terrorism. Once you get where you know what the game is and how they play the game, you will all, they don't know much, they don't got much game, we didn't give them much, okay? You're dealing with 360 degrees of data, they're only working with 33rd degrees or 33 degrees of information. They don't have much game, they use the same game, Tweak it a little and make you think it's a new game. But when you get where you know how they operate, you know their modus operandi or their method of operation, you always see the same thing going on over and over again. And the people keep falling for it repeatedly because they don't know what they're looking at because they don't know how this creature plays a little bit of 33 degrees of game they got. All right. Now, <clears throat> let me give you guys... Uh, have you ever stood and stared at it, marveled at its beauty, its genius? Billions of people just living out their lives, oblivious. Did you know that the first Matrix was designed to be a perfect human world, where none suffered, where everyone would be happy. It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. Some believed that we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect world, but I believe that 
As a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. So the perfect world is a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up from. Which is why the Matrix was redesigned to this, the peak of your civilization. And I say your civilization because as soon as we started thinking for you, it really became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about. Evolution, Morpheus. Evolution. Like the dinosaur. Look out that window. You had your time. The future is our world, Morpheus. The future is our time. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease. A cancer of this planet. You are a plague. And we are the cure. Can you hear me, Morpheus? I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this place. This zoo. This prison. This reality, whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I have somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive. Isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key. My key. There are people that's awake, and there's people asleep. Now, most people on this planet are asleep. So, let's break it to the least common anomaly. Let's say the black community. We, it used to they say 5%. <laughs> no, it's like old point something now. That's right. You see, that's asleep. So you're going to be lonely because the simple fact that people are asleep. Now, how is this? You have a chakra system in your body. And these are nine wheels of consciousness. Most, uh, excuse me, seven wheels of consciousness. There's like 160 chakras, but seven major chakras, just like there's seven African powers. <clears throat> now, 
what has happened here to give you a scientific element of what's going on so you can clear this up so you don't have to go and be trying to holler at somebody and they laugh at you and they don't want to hear that shit. Because your family will beat you down and niggas in the street will beat you down. You're going to try to give them a message. Now, <laughs> have you around here crazy. Now, the chakra system, the lower chakra is your sacral vertebrae. That's your root chakra. And that's where the majority of the people's um, consciousness is, on the root chakra. So the only thing that they can get down with is desires. What feels good, what tastes good, what smells good, what looks good, what sounds good. Yeah. You see, the, Lord the basic sen uh, senses, you see, on that particular level, they are called the automatons, which means automation. Okay. They're moving, but they ain't, they're brain dead. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, you don't even get into this particular consciousness that you can partake to understand what things is until you're radiating from the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. You see, the heart chakra. That's why the Egyptian, the heart, the scarab, the heart scarab was the most important. Even when you died, they'd throw the brain away. But it was the heart that they preserved. Because that's another, that's where your true self is. But you got to radiate from the heart chakra and then you elevate on into the pineal gland. But most people's consciousness is in the root chakra. On the five senses, the animal level. They can look pretty, they can have a PhD with a degree. They tell you it's only a degree of information. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a degree of information, it has nothing to do with a person's behavior. Mm. Whether they're conscious or not. You see, it has nothing to do with what a person wears. It has something to do is where they incarnated down here on a certain level and they're radiating above the root shock. And I guarantee you this right now. Even if some of you all just coming into consciousness the last couple of weeks or the last year, I guarantee you, you always felt special since you was a baby. Now, I've been asking that question in my lectures around the country for, 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 for 16 years. And I asked everybody, how many of you all always thought that you were special? And the whole room always raised their hand. <laughs> you didn't know what it was. You see what I'm saying? But you thought it was special. And you always had a thirst for something that you didn't know what it was. And it was this knowledge. Let me give you an example. When I was, on, when I was in college... I was standing up one time, I had finished school, and I was standing um, on the college campus with one of the coaches. We got to be good friends, one of the basketball coaches, Coach Holmes. He said, well, how do you, how do you feel, man? You, you've you educated yourself. I said, man, I don't feel shit. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. I said, I told him, I said, I thought when I came here to this university, that when I left, I was going to have some kind of knowledge. I didn't know what the knowledge was. All I know is what I went, I went through for four years. I didn't have shit. I, I, I knew I felt empty. Now, it was, it was, you know, it was a couple of years later that what I was missing, I realized, was knowledge. You see what I'm saying? Mm. But, I, I, but, but I knew something was wrong. You see, and that's what it is. You... You always thought that you was you, you that, that something was missing, and that's why is that is because you were 
you were gravitating above the roof shop. Yeah, they do, you boy. They just drop me off the air like that. Uh, okay. Now, they really don't want me talking about this tonight. I, I see that now. <clears throat> so, no, it wasn't my mic. It dropped my car. So, here's the thing. Immigration and nationality, they, they, they really do go hand in hand. If you don't know, now you know. And... I'm going to show you some things tonight. Maybe we can try to clarify this a little bit. Right? And I'm going to show you because, you know, the reality of it is, and I had this discussion today, you know, now you got this congresswoman who says that Latinos are natives to America and they shouldn't be deported. And now the reality of it is, is that were they here before the Europeans? Yeah, they're native in that sense. They are even native in the sense that they have been in the landmass that they are in, right, for a certain period of time. But they are not. And I repeat, them. And I and, and I and I speak and I speak about this with the highest level of respect to my Mexican brothers and sisters and. Venezuelans and everybody else who stopped to the border, right? But these people are the result of breeding, right? And this is where you get people who come from different parts of the world. This is called miscegenation. So miscegenation essentially has wiped out a group of people. If you ask most Mexicans what their grandparents look like or their great-grandparents, they'll tell you that they're dark-skinned. Right? Which is really interesting. 
See, miscegenation, the world was not always as light as it is today. But miscegenation has occurred. Now, let's not be fooled, okay? Because the Europeans was literally some of the last ones to come over. Now, with that being said, when we begin to think about immigration and nationality, what we are really talking about is who are you? What we're really discussing is what is your nativity, right? Where are you from? Now, here's the thing, right? A lot of people don't understand that when you become a more, right, or because we're all more, but when you declare this, right, and you actually come into your true status, you come up under the treaties, you come up under the laws, right, that were written by your ancestors specifically to protect you and to protect other people. Now, we got a lot of brothers and sisters who are trying to cross the border, right, and they're getting detained. They're getting detained by ICE, and, uh, which is uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, right? Look what happened to 21 Savage. Okay. So when they start deporting people, we have to ask ourselves what's happening, what's going on. Okay. Now, we'll read something to you. I'm going I'm to read a paragraph of it, and we'll touch on it because this is very important. Especially if you've nationalized, because when you do nationalize, now you have a duty, to be honest with you. You have a duty to protect others, right? Especially your family. So, some of you all who are Moors, who listen to these shows, who have family members who are going through this shit, who may have family members that's over here. I actually have family to be straight up. I'll be transparent. I have family members who are probably over here illegally. Right? My cousin got with a chick and had a baby, and I'm pretty sure that she was not legal. <laughs> he wanted him a Mexican. Right? Now she's part of the family and shit. He's a U.S. citizen now. And with him being a U.S. citizen, not a national, there's only so much protection you can really give her. Okay? Now, I'm going to read a couple of things to you tonight, and we're going to look at this information in a holistic perspective, okay? Now, the Treaty of Morocco in 1787, okay, we're going to go to Article 10. We'll start there. Actually, let's, let's go a little bit before that. Let's start at um, let's go to Article Five. I think that's a good place to start. So now Article Five, the Treaty with Morocco, seventeen eighty seven. Now remember, this is a treaty that your ancestors did. Okay. Now the Treaty with Morocco says that if any more Article Five it says if any more shall bring citizens of the United States or their effects to His Majesty. Their, the citizens shall immediately 
be set at liberty. Now, we know that liberty means freedom, sovereignty, right? It means your ability to govern yourself, okay? And the effects shall be restored as well, okay? And if any more who is not a subject of these dominions, which means that he's from England or Jamaica or somewhere else, or let's say he's from, I don't know, Mexico? I just put that thinking, okay? If any more, not a subject of these dominions, what do you think these people are that come over here as immigrants? They're not subjects of these dominions, okay? Shall bring, let me read it one more time, if any more, not a subject of these dominions, shall make prize of any of the citizens of America or their effects, and bring them into any of the ports of his majesty, they shall be immediately released, as they will then be considered as under their majesty's protection. We got people who are coming over to this country, right? And they're not citizens of the United States, okay? Which means that there is no subject matter jurisdiction over these people. If there is no subject matter jurisdiction over people who have not done what they consider to be, it's what they call naturalization, right? Because why? These people don't have birth certificates. <laughs> they wasn't given birth certificates over here. They wasn't put into chattel slavery. They wasn't making none of their citizens. But they have an out because why? If they really wanted to stay over here What do you think the ports of your majesty are? Let me give it to you in modern day terms Ports of entry Okay Ports of entry Let me, let me pull it up for y'all know this man We got it I got sometimes I got to You know I, I love y'all man Sometimes I got to really break it down So we can get it all the way Yeah, they do me. I told y'all. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it matters not whether I'm on um, the phone or not, man. It, it don't even matter. Yo, they be dropping me when I start getting ready to drop this info, okay? Let me go back into it again. Let me pull it up again. Hold on. Ports of entry. Let's look at it. In general, a port of entry is a place where one may lawfully enter a country. International airports are usually ports of entry, as are roads and railroad crossings on a land border. 
seaport can be used as ports of entry only if dedicated customs presence is posted there. Y'all still not understanding what I'm saying to you. Let me read it a little further. Okay. Now, seaports can usually be ports of entry only if dedicated customs presence is posted there. The choice of whether to become a port of entry is up to the civil authority controlling the port. In the United States, the formal definition of a port of entry in the United States is something entirely different. According to the Code of Federal Regulations, the terms port and port of entry incorporate the geographical area under the jurisdiction of a port director. In other words, a port of entry may encompass an area that includes several border crossings as well as some air and sea ports. This also means that not every border crossing is a port of entry. There are two reasons for this. Number one, every point of uh, every port of entry must have a port director, which is a higher pay grade than a typical border inspector. The U.S. government has determined that some small border crossings do not need their own port director. As a result, border stations like uh, Churubusco and Fort Covington, New York, are considered stations within a Trout River port of entry. What the... Man, hold on. Let me pull it up again. Let me go back to it. Just a second now. Just a second, just a second. Okay. So, Article 5 says that if any more shall bring citizens, so number one, if you're a citizen and you got problems and you're a more, you could be brought to the port of entry and set at liberty. Okay, that's, that's, that, that's the first thing. But because tonight we specifically are dealing with the brothers and sisters who are coming over here from Mexico, right from another political state, body politic. Because remember, that's what this is. This is a corporate body politic that these people come over here from. So anytime a more brings somebody over here to a point of entry, he freely refers to as his majesty's court. Excuse me, and that was Article 6, not Article 5. Okay? So his majesty's court, okay, they should be under protection. And I'll read it again. If any more should bring citizens of the United States or their effect to his majesty, their citizens shall immediately be set at liberty and the effects restored. And in like manner, if any more, not a subject, of these dominions shall make a prize of any of the citizens of America, right, or their effects, and bring them into any of the ports of his majesty. They shall be immediately released, as they will be then considered to be under his majesty's protection. Citizens of the U.S. captured to be released. Okay? If you are captured, by this government coming over here 
right? Or you know people who have been captured, and you are a more. You have the ability as a true sovereign, as a true, uh, I, I don't even want to call it a member of the empire, because you are, you almost become like sultan in that right, you know? Because you have the ability to grant somebody the freedom through a treaty that you are now a part of, but you cannot do this if you are not a Moor. Isn't that interesting? Now, what's really interesting about this is that, you know, it's, when you go into the government manuals and stuff, you'll see where they've styled things specifically based off of what they call nationals. These people who come over here are nationals of another political state. Just like you are a national of your state. People people tend to forget that the United States of America is made up of 50 different countries. Okay? I'm not talking about Puerto Rico and Guam. I'm going to exclude those, but together as a contingent body here, there are 50 different countries. That's why every time you go to a different country or a different state in the union, as they call it, People got accents and shit like that, bro. So in general, a port of entry is a place where one may lawfully enter a country. Okay? Now, let me give you the second reason. Number two. Historically, many roads entering the United States had no border inspection stations. Before September 11th, 2001, it was actually permissible for persons entering the United States to do so at any point, including back roads, cross-border stations, as long as they proceeded directly to an open border inspection station. You see that? We had open bo- we've had open borders in our country. My nigga, I, I can tell y'all, I have canoes. I've been on a canoe from the top of Canada and uh, canoe down through the United States. Okay, took 15 days to, to do it. You know, we camped out and shit like that. But it took us 15 days, literally, on canoes to get back into the United States from Canada through through the lake, which are unguarded. Okay, so it wasn't until 2001 that they even started doing this shit. Okay. So, in fact, the U.S. Customs Service and U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Service routinely rented property and houses, post offices, and storefronts far from the physical border. And people entering the United States were expected to travel to these locations without stopping so they could make their declarations. This policy has since changed, and most of the roads entering the U.S., most, okay, entering the U.S. at uh, locations other than open and staff border inspection stations have been barricaded, right? So they try to make it where you can't come in certain areas. Because they understand it. Listen, if you're under certain laws in this particular country that we live in, you have to follow those border laws, right? And these people are there for a reason. But what did I just tell you, right? Who's in charge of the actual court of entry? The border director. So, 
who do you think your injunction might need to go to when you're crossing an international border? The port director. Okay? Now, if I draw your attention back to the Treaty of Morocco, let's go to, well, let's just read them. So, Article 7. Is that if any vessel by the party shall put into a port of the other and have an occasion for provisions of other supplies that should be furnished without any interruption or, mal- or molestation. Article 8. If any vessel of the United States shall meet with a disaster at sea and put into one of our ports to repair, she shall be at liberty to land and reload her cargo without paying any duty whatsoever. I do understand that they charge duty tax all the time. They charge you duty tax when you know when you're coming back into the country on your own goods and services. Article nine: If any vessel of the United States shall be cast on shore on any port of our coast, she shall remain at the deposition of the owners. And no one shall attempt going near her without their appropriation. And she is considered particularly under our protection. And if any vessel of the United States should be forced to put into our ports by stress of weather or otherwise, she shall not be compelled to the land of her cargo, but shall remain in tranquility until the commander shall think proper to proceed on his voyage. You see, even in the peace and treaty friendship, right? Treaty of Morocco, 1787. They were very clear about the immigrants called United States citizens, right? I mean, at the time, they weren't even, they were European, I mean, they were European. You know, but you understand what I'm saying. Okay? Article 10. If any vessel of either of the parties to have an engagement with the vessel belonging to any of the Christian powers within gunshot of the force of the other, the vessel so engaged shall be defended and protected as much as possible until she is in safety. And if any American vessel shall be cast on shore on the coast of Wajnum or any coast thereabout, the people belonging to her shall be protected and until by the help of God, they shall be sent to their country. Okay? I mean, listen, you guys have to take the time to go through these treaties. Okay? Because each of these treaties was written to protect you and your commerce and your neighbors who are coming up here from other places, whether they're coming up here by land, sea, or air. Skip down. There's just some more pertinent parts here that we need to go over. Okay. Now, let me go to, <coughs> excuse me. We're going to look at, we're going to skip down to the next set of articles. Now, if any citizen of the United States or any person under their protection to have any disputes with each other, the consul shall decide between the parties. And whenever the consul shall require an aid or assistance from our government, 
to enforce his decision, it shall be immediately granted to him. Immediately. Now, if a citizen of the United States should kill or wound a Moor, or on the contrary, if a Moor shall kill or wound a citizen of the United States, the laws of the country shall take place, and equal justice shall be rendered to counsel assisting at the trial. And if any delinquent shall make his escape, the counsel shall not be answerable for him in any manner whatsoever. They set all of this shit up because they realized that people was going to be coming over here. The borders are open. They always have been. So, then that leads me to we got to look at the articles of Confederation. I wish y'all would stop texting me when I'm on the air. I'm not going to reply to y'all. Let me teach this lesson. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Now, the Articles of Confederation. All right? Articles of Confederation. Articles of Association. These are your founding documents. These are your, what we call your supreme laws of the land. So... I want y'all to understand that your ancestors put this shit in place for you for a very specific purpose. Now, let's just pull it up. I want to read it. <coughs> I'm going to pull it up and read the part that is pertinent to where we at. Just a second. Now, anytime that, that that we're looking at these, at, you know, you have to understand that the foundation of the shit that they're doing today is based on all of this. Okay, everything that they do is based on this. It's really the beauty of it. Okay, so just a second, I'm gonna pull it up. Okay, so Articles of Confederation. And the Articles of Association. And I'm going to pull that one up as well. Okay. Now, in the Articles of Association, this was done slightly after your Articles of Confederation. Okay. 1774. All right. Now, the First Continental Congress, this is your Black Continental Congress, they adopted this. I'm trying to pull up this PDF just a second. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Avalon Project. Now it says that we, His Majesty's most loyal subjects, the delegates. Now, what did I just tell y'all about His Majesty? They're talking about the Moors, right? So why are we still talking about His Majesty when it comes to the Article of Association, which our Constitution was based off of? Because we're talking about ports of entry, we're talking about all of the Majesty's dominions. 
Okay? So we, His Majesty's most loyal subjects, the delegates of colonies of New Hampshire, Massachusetts Bay, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, the three lower counties of Newcastle, Kent and Sussex on Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, deputed to represent them in a Continental Congress held by the city of Philadelphia on the fifth day of September, 1774, vowing our allegiance to his majesty, our affection, and regard to our fellow subjects in Great Britain and elsewhere, affected with the deepest anxiety and most alarming apprehension because they were slaves, okay? White folks was coming over here as slaves. That's straight up what it was. Go get the book White Cargo. Okay, go get the book. Uh, 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 the, the, hold on, what's the other one? For, forgotten, uh, forgotten history of uh, European slaves. It's just all out there. Okay. Now, uh, uh, where was I at? Um, okay, with His Majesty's American subjects are oppressed and having taken under the most serious deliberation, the state of the whole continent find that the present unhappy situation of our affairs is occasioned by a ruinous system of colony administration adopted by the British ministry about the year 1763, evidently calculated by enslaving three colonies. Okay. They, so they was enslaving colonies? Okay. Still in the British Empire. Now, in prosecution of which system various acts of parliament have been passed for raising a revenue in America for depriving the American subjects in many instances of the constitutional trial by jury, exposing okay, exposing their lives to danger. Now, let's get right to it. This is what they went into. Number one, that the form that from excuse me, that from and after the first day of December, next, we will not import into British America Great Britain or Ireland, any goods, wares, or merchandise whatsoever, or from any place, wares, or merchandise that should have been exported from Great Britain or Ireland. You understand that the reason why they wasn't fucking with Britain is because Britain was bringing slaves over here. Let's go to the next one. Number two, we will neither import nor purchase any slave imported after the first day of December, next, after which time we will wholly discontinue the slave trade we will neither be concerned in it ourselves, nor will we, nor will we hire our vessels, nor sell our commodities or manufacturers to those who are concerned in it. Do y'all understand? Do y'all understand? It's slavery. That's that's some voluntary servitude. Slavery ended back in the 1700s. It says it right here. In our founding. Documents. Okay? The founding documents tell us that slavery was over. I mean, it's such a slap in the face when they, you know, when people try to tell you. Shit that you already know, right? Like, man, I, listen, man. I've been, I've been knowing this. Like, all right, it's like when you inherently have known this information and then you actually start getting it. 
Like, I'll be damned. Listen, we controlled the borders. We had no problem with people coming up here from South America. We knew what was happening. That's so where you got your Immigration and Nationality Act and all that shit from, because they had to put something in place. Because we gave the trusteeship. Go to the Article of Confederation. So whom all these prefixes shall come Doesn't that sound familiar We the undersigned delegates Of the states affixed To our names Send greetings The Articles of Confederation Is perpetual union Between the states of New Hampshire Massachusetts, Rhode Island Providence Plantation Connecticut, New York New Jersey, Pennsylvania Delaware, Maryland, Virginia North Carolina, South Carolina And Georgia Okay. The style of this confederacy shall, shall be the United States of America. Each state retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence. And every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly delegated to the United States of Congress assembled. So, y'all do understand that the federal government, because the federal government is the manager for the state. States have given up their sovereignty, basically. They've become the state of, right? The state did a name change, too. State, state did a nationality change. They became U.S. citizens. So since the state gave up its nationality, okay, to the federal government, the federal government became the, 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 how can I put this? They became in charge of the borders. Don't y'all ever wonder what the hell was going on in this country before we had border patrol? Do you think people were sitting at the at the borders of each state allowing niggas to come in? Do you think we had a wall? None of that existed. Let me go to the next one. The said states hereby severally enter into a firm league of friendship with each other for the common defense, the security of their liberties and their mutual and general welfare. Binding themselves to assist each other against all forces offered or to attacks made upon them or on account of religion, sovereignty, trade, or any other pretense whatsoever. Okay? It's better to secure and perpetuate mutual friendship and intercourse among the people of the different states in this union, the free inhabitants of these states, the paupers, the vagabonds, and the fugitives. Justice shall be entitled to all the privileges and amenities of free citizens in the several states. And the people of each state shall have free ingress and regress to and from any other state and shall enjoy therein all the privileges of trade and commerce, subject to the same duties, impositions, and restrictions as the inhabitants thereof, respectively. Okay? So, the very fact the truth can come and go as you please. The treaties allow for Moors to be able to bring people into the ports as they please. Right? But you have to make proper provision. So to those people who are coming over here from other states, I know I don't, you know, my Spanish ain't the greatest, but coming over here, or you know people coming over here, you have to make it clear to them. They can come over here. But they have to come over here through your majesty's ports, a.k.a. your ports of entry, 
with injunctions. They got to come over here the right way. And then they can be over here with no problem. They don't even have to naturalize to be over here. See, that's the realest shit. See, once we all on the paperwork game, it don't even matter where you at. You, you know what I'm saying? It could be in Brazil. Which, by the way, we are we actually connected to Brazil. I mean, you could drive from Brazil all the way up here. All of this shit is America. About how you come into America, that makes the difference. Okay. So, <clears throat> I pulled uh, 8 Fam 102, which is a list of statutory authorities. Right? I'm going to read some things to you from here, because this is interesting, right? So, 8 USC, right, Immigration and Nationality. Okay. So under USC, Immigration and Nationality, right? The powers of the Secretary are to number one, administer and enforce nationality. Can we hit that down a notch? Cool, thank you. All right, Immigration and Nationality. Right? To administer and enforce nationality and immigration laws relating to the powers and authorities of diplomatic and consular officers abroad. The Secretary also is supposed to administer the powers, the duties, and the functions of the administrator and determine the nationality of a person not in the United States. Okay? Now, the Secretary of State shall be charged with the administration and the enforcement of the provisions of this chapter and all immigration and nationality laws relating to the determination of nationality of a person not in the United States. Okay? 8 U.S.C. 1104 deals with the powers and duties of a Secretary of State within the Department of State. Okay? So that's where you get your passport office from. Right? 8 U.S.C. 1185 deals with what they call travel control of aliens and citizens. Okay, now under 8 U.S.C. 1401, this provides that persons born in the United States and subject to its jurisdiction are citizens of the United States at birth. When enacted in 1952, the INA 301 required a U.S. citizen married to an alien that had been physically present in the United States for 10 years, including uh, five years after reaching the age of 14 to transmit citizenship to foreign-born children. Okay? So all, all that, they changed all of that, right? So the, so the following shall be nationals of the United States at birth. A person born outside, this is, listen, I'm reading to you from the old manual, okay? Before they correct the shit. A person born outside of the geographical limits of the United States and its outlying possession of parents of whom is an alien. And the other, a citizen of the United States, who, prior to the birth of such person, was physically present in the United States, or its outlying possession. So they just told you there that if one of your parents, even if one of them was a U.S. citizen, in the old manual, you could have been a national. Alright? That, that actually was the rule back then. It's changed shit. So provided that any periods of honorable service in the armed forces of the United States by such citizens' parents 
may include in computing the physical presence requirement of this paragraph. So, if one of your parents was in the armed forces, they could have made sure you a citizen there too. But so let me keep going. Let's get down a little bit. Section 301 of the Immigration and Nationality Act shall be considered to have been and to be applicable to a child born outside of the United States and its outlying possessions after January 12, 1941. I want y'all to understand what I'm reading to y'all are the immigration and nationality laws that they try to put in place, right, with your special law that were written as ex post facto. It was written after they wrote the damn Constitution. They were written after the Articles of Confederation. They were written after the Articles of Association. Therefore, they are not the supreme laws of the land. When we understand this, we understand that, when, like, so the press is already at USC 1401 says that to keep their citizens, persons who acquire U.S. citizenship under Section INA 301 were required to physically be present. B, it says, an effort to make certain that persons who would actually be in the United States for a substantial period of time, the INA required continuous physical presence. So the INA is not a constitutional organization. INA is of the United States, but the United States is trustees. So they're supposed to overlook what you know what happens and what goes on in the country on behalf of the U.S. Remember, like I told you, everybody takes an oath, right? So, like I told you earlier, the the um, the director is who you're supposed to be directing the issues to, right? So now, under eight USC, right? Um. I mean, if you go on the USC period, you're going to find all of your immigration and nationality shit, right? So on the USC 1408, nationals, right, who are not born within the what they call the geographical territories, okay? And the Immigration and Nationality uh, Technical Corrections Act of 1994. Okay, added different subsections, right, into the, into their little laws, right? So 324 was put in, allowing persons whose citizenship has ceased by operation of the former section to have their citizenship restored, right? So what they was doing was they was essentially they were telling the people, well, if we give you if we allow you to come over here, we'll give you citizenship, but you can only have it for a certain period of time, and you got to be over here, you can't go back to your country, right? That's so that they can establish residency and then tax the fuck out of them. But nationals don't get taxed. Okay? Okay, so, I mean, this information is very important. I'm going over tonight. It's a lot of information. And I kind of, I'm, I'm skipping around between different things because I want y'all to see the, the bigger picture of it. I mean, what we're talking about <coughs> is ports of entry. To be very honest, the only people who have even the right to to say, you know, who they want to bring through the ports of entry are Moors. Why? Because we are the ones who establish the laws. It's right here in the, in the Treaty of Peace and Friendship. They want to throw you off by 
you know, calling this America when this is Morocco, you know. And the truth of it is, is that the United States Corporation or the country of the United States sits within Morocco. So whose ports are they really? Are they the United States ports? Or is the United States the trustee to manage the ports, to make sure that the ports stay uh, safe, as they call them? Somebody's got to take control, man. You know, we have to really begin to look at this thing holistically. You know, I mean, that's a lot of people suffering. Pay people, families getting broken up, kids and, you know, not able to uh, to see their parents, people getting sick, people dying, flying across the border. Why? Because of lack of information, lack of knowledge. You see right here on the bottom line, call the number 347-989-0194. You have to take the call. We're going to go to the call line and see what's happening. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back right after these messages. Don't go nowhere.
Network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, all right, all right. We back, we back. All right, so um, quickly, I want to go over something because this this validates what the hell I was saying, right? And I, I mean, this is very important information, right? and we have to understand how this is set up. So we can understand why they're doing things the way they're doing them today, right? Why people are being prosecuted and all that, right? So, the United States Immigration and Naturalization Service was an agency of the United States Department of Labor. From 1933 to 1940, U.S. Department of Justice from 1940 to 2003. Now, it refers to some as former, the former INS, and by others as the Legacy INS, the agency ceased to exist under that name on March the 1st, 2003, when most of its functions were transferred to three new entities, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is ICE, okay, and U.S. Customs and Border Protection, CDP, okay? These are the niggas that run the border. These are the niggas that be at the airport, Okay? These is all your private organizations. Okay? That's what they do is they they um, contract to work out to companies who hire motherfuckers and then call them seven agents. Right? That's stupid. So within the newly created Department of Homeland Security, as part of a major government reorganization following the September 11th attacks of 2001, Prior to 1933, there were separate. There were three separate offices administering. Excuse me, 
there were separate offices administering immigration and naturalization, known as the Bureau of Immigration and the Bureau of Naturalization, okay, respectively. The INS was established on June 10, 1933, merging these previously separate areas of administration. In 1890, the federal government, rather than the individual states, regulated immigration into the United States. And the Immigration Act of 1891 established what was known as the Commissioner of Immigration in the Treasury Department. Why do you think they did that? Now, reflecting changing governmental concerns, immigration was transferred to the purview of the United States Department of Commerce and Labor. After 1903, in the Department of Labor after 1913, in 1940, with the increasing concern about national security, immigration and naturalization was reorganized again under the authority of the Department of Justice. It's like how they, how they switch hands. In 2003, the Administration of Immigration Services included permanent residence, naturalization, Asylum and other functions that became the responsibility of the Bureau of Citizenship and Immigration Services, which existed under the name only for a short time before changing to its current name, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Okay, so the the investigative and enforcement functions of INS, including uh, investigations, deportation, and intelligence, were combined with the U.S. Customs Investigators. To create U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement This is ICE The border functions of the INS Which include Border Patrol That's the CBP Um, They combine INS and Border Patrol together Right So at the head of the INS Was a commissioner Which is appointed by the president Who reported to the Attorney General In the Department of Justice The INS worked closely With the United Nations the Department of State, and the Department of Health and Human Services. The INS was a large and complex organization that had four main divisions, programs, field operations, policy, and planning and management. Okay? Now, the operations functions of the INS include the programs and the field operations division. The program division was responsible for handling all of the functions involved with enforcement. Okay? Now, Shortly after the Civil War, this is important, okay? Shortly after the Civil War, some of the states started to pass their own immigration laws. This is why this is so important, because I keep trying to tell you the states are countries. Let me tell you, if there was civil unrest in New York or, 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 or any of these states, right, and you couldn't leave the state or pass through the state, there would be people at the border of the state. See, this is why they've got the, uh, the, the what they call it, the, the first guard or national guard or whatever the fuck to do with the blue helmets and shit. They come in, guard your borders, right? So shortly after the U.S. Civil War, they started passing their own immigration laws, which which prompted the U.S. Supreme Court to rule in 1876 that immigration was a federal responsibility. Okay. The case was Chai Lung versus Freeman. Okay. It was the United States Supreme Court case that the Supreme Court ruled that the power set rules surrounding immigration and to manage foreign relations 
rested with the United States federal government rather than with the state. The case has been cited in another Supreme Court's cases related to government authority on matters related to immigration. Okay? That's for U.S. citizens. Okay? So the Immigration Act of 1891 establishes that an office of the superintendent of the immigration within the Treasury Department. You're dropping the jewels on tonight, so y'all know exactly who to go to if you have an immigration issue. Okay. Now, this office was responsible for admitting, rejecting, and processing all immigrants seeking admission to the United States and for implementing national immigration policies. Immigrant inspectors, as they were called then, were stationed at major U.S. ports of entry, collecting manifesting of arriving passengers. Its largest station was located on Ellis Island in New York Harbor. Among other things, a head tax of 50 cents was collected on each immigrant. Okay. Paralleling some current immigrant concerns in the 1900 Congress, uh, primary interest in immigration was to protect American workers and wages. The reason it had become a federal concern in the first place was this made immigration more of a matter of, concern, of commerce than revenue, as it is today, right? In 1903, Congress transferred the Bureau of Immigration to the newly created, now defunct, Department of Commerce and Labor. See, they just set up a bunch of private entities and transfer shit around. After World War One, Congress attempted to stem the flow of immigrants, still mainly coming from Europe, by passing the law in 1921. And this is where you get your first Immigration Act of 1924. Okay, limiting the number of newcomers by assigning what they call a quota to each nationality based upon its representation in previous U.S. census figures. So each year, the U.S. Department of State issued a limited number of visas only to those immigrants who could present valid visas where they permitted. Okay? So between 1891 and 1933, there was a bunch of agencies um, that uh, they came before the INS. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really important for y'all to understand that the state ain't even controlling immigration because they're the state of. So, you're going to be the state of, the government says, fine, we're going to even control your immigration on what nationals you can bring in and, bring, and not bring into the state. Very, very important. I mean, and here's the thing about it. Most of us have encountered illegal immigrants who are over here illegally. What? There are you people who've been over here their whole life. Because their parents brought them over here, like your boy 21, and then they get deported. You understand? So, becoming a Moor or being in your proper status, I should say, whether you're a national, of this country or a national of another country is extremely important 
I don't even understand why people would want to come over here and become United States citizens if they knew properly the right way to come over here. I just told you how to come through a border, didn't I? Border direction. All right, we're going to go to the call. See what's happening. We're going to go to uh, 813-720. You're on the bottom line. What's going on? Eight one three and two oh. Alright, let's keep it moving. Nine oh nine five three three. Nine oh nine five three three. Hello, hello. Alright, we're gonna keep it moving. I don't know what that got going on. Four oh four three three three. Please, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How you doing? Peace to God. Okay, so I have a question about uh, setting up uh, a non-withholding trust. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. So, so, so we're gonna no, talk I- about trust. <laughs> Okay, so... That ain't um, even the topic. When we talk about questions, I'll answer your question. What you got? Okay, my bad. So, give me one second, please. Hello? Yes, I'm here. So, I have... um, I called the IRS, and I tried to set up my non-withholding trust, but... Um, the question that they were asking me was kind of like different from the information that I had received from you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that. okay. So I don't know if the lady was new or whatever, but she said that she didn't see on there um, the option to make it a non. Because you have to set it up as a non-withholding trust, right? It has to say that for you. It's a foreign trust. She has to put that in there. Huh? It does not have to say non-withholding. It does not have to say non-withholding. It's already a non-withholding trust by the fact that it's a foreign trust. Foreign trust don't pay taxes. Okay. So what about the um, the WHN? Is it the WHN or is it the WHNE? That I need to fill out. You don't have to fill either one of them out if you don't if you don't need to. But you don't you don't need to you don't need to fill out a WAP and get a nine eight number. For a business? Yeah. 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 You didn't say you were trying to get one for a business. You said you were trying to get a a, a, a form with holding number. What you trying to do? What's your goal? What's you, what's what's the uh-huh. method behind the madness? What are you trying to accomplish? Okay, so I'm trying to get a non-withholding trust for my business. Okay. So I already have a nine eight trust for myself, but I need one for my business. Okay. So a couple questions. Um, number one, well, well, okay, I I understand why you want a nine eight number for your business because you don't want to you want to separate things. So you, right. you're gonna get it the same way that you got the nine eight number for your name. Right, that's what I was trying to do. Mhm. Okay. But, okay, so she so, like she asked me. She said, "Is this a business?" 
So do I tell her that it's a business? No, you set it up the same way. Set it up the same way. Huh? It's a foreign test. You, you set it up the same it's a way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let me be very specific, okay? Trust cannot do business um, in the public per se as the trust. It has to have an entity that it can do business as. So when you're setting it up with the IRS over the phone, you're not setting it up as a business. You're setting it up as a trust, just like you did with the nine, with the other nine eight. Just the name will be different. You understand? Then when you actually have the nine eight number, then you can go into the website and you can get the number that you need for the business. And then when you want the taxes in business, you need to get the taxes in business webinar, or you can you know set up a console or whatever. Um, but I mean that's pretty easy to do. I mean at that point in time, once you got your nine eight number, you can go back into their website, and then you can actually get a church controlled organization or uh, a religious organization or any of that set up. Because then what you got is then you have a trust, right, which is set up that can now go in and create an entity to do business as. Yes, I'm here. You got to be able to do business in the public. It's called what you're trying to do is called a Massachusetts trust. So, for instance, in Florida, the way it works in Florida is in Florida you set the business up, but you can register your trust. You know, you register with the with the uh, Secretary of State, so they, they they register it basically. Basically, I don't even know if they. I don't even want to call it registering. What they basically do is they 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 make a note of it and put it on the on the on the record that there's a trust that exists, and then you can do DBAs. You know, uh, my trust doing business as this business. You understand? But in terms of trying to get the nine eight number, just go back in and get it. Same way you got your your spiritual name, you'll be good to go. It's not a okay. See, see that's really the no thing. Okay, so one. Okay, so I can put the name of my business as the um as the trust, right? Mm-hmm. And then my spiritual is the trustee, right? Yeah, if you it, no, your spiritual is the beneficial owner. The trustee, a trustee is somebody who's going to do business in the public. So, like for instance, if you're setting up a business that's an LLC that that trust owns, you would have to give up a social, or somebody would have to give a social. You understand? Yeah, because she kept asking me about a social, too, and I said I don't have a social. Yeah, you tell her you don't have a social, the same way you did when you have a 9A number. They're going to grill you on right. that when you're trying to get... Yeah, same, same way you did when you got the other 9A number. They're going to try to grill you on that for certain. They want to know if you got a, a social so, so that they can tie you to a with to a account that does have the polling, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I put the name of my business as the entity that I'm setting up. So that's the trust, and then I'm mm-hmm. then my spiritual is the responsible party, right? Right. And well, your spiritual does not have to be. Well, well. Let's be correct. When you're doing with the, when you're dealing with the IRS, okay. Um, if you're getting a 9-8 number and, and they ask you who the responsible party is, the responsible party could be the trustee, it could be your spiritual man. That's whatever you decided to do. Okay, right, right, right. 
That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get to. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Just remember when you're doing a trust, you're gonna have to do a DBA for it in the public. I would I would say you should take the time and research Massachusetts trust. That that will help you get a better understanding of the type of trust that you're setting up. So that way, once you actually have your nine eight number for that, you can go you can go about setting everything up properly. Okay, you you want me to research what? It's called Massachusetts trust. Okay, Massachusetts. Okay, okay. 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 All Appreciate right. you calling. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. All right, let's go to uh, another caller. Peace to the God, 770891. What's going on? Peace to the God. What's happening? Oh, my God, man. Just uh, listening to the call. Over here trying to kill some uh, some little insects over here, man. <laughs> and uh, ain't got no roaches, call, man. Nah, no, ain't got no roaches, man. Ain't got no roaches. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got, ain't got no roaches. <laughs> I see something. I, I got a big ass bug or something down there. I had to uh, I was, I was down there. It's big as hell. I ain't never seen nothing like it before. It looked like a beetle. <laughs> oh well, that must be must be in Atlanta or something. I got, I got the yeah, I'm in Yeah, that's what you. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw a special last week on the news that said uh, they they went through all the hotels down there in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, and they were saying how most of them was like roach and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm over here checking my but the show, man. Everything you're talking about is is really, really, really deep. It's really interesting, man, about the border patrol and things like that. I kind of, you know kind of want to go back to that topic for a minute because it seemed like as you becoming national when you're working on doing that and getting it corrected it just seems like you know um you're in a whole different world seems like yeah yeah exactly exactly well that's the shit i'll be trying to kick to people man and so we can have a full understanding of it like like even even with like the sister just calling in right and asking about trust like that's really crucial to all of this like that we're doing because if you have a trust set up, you can literally put somebody's items or their effects into your trust as a more, and then bring well, them see, into um into the into the pool. Uh-huh. So that's it's almost like similar, but it's not the same as when you did a. Uh, when you did a security like an agreement between the straw man and the spiritual name person and the well, spiritual name. Well, that's like name, a security agreement. You, you you almost could do a security agreement like that if you just bring somebody yeah. over here. I would say, see, here's the biggest thing, right? I think people fail to remember this. Mm-hmm. Your birth certificate is a bond, right? And right. that means that everybody who's over here has to be what? So when people right. come over here illegally, they're not bonded. There's no bond. If something was to happen, they get hurt. These motherfuckers come over here and and you know, they get sued. Any of that happens, they're not bonded. 
there's no liability. You get you do you understand? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so, so they have to create some war, type of bond for these people. Exactly. So when you ask that, when you're asking me about a security agreement, what do you think a security agreement is? Securing the bond. That's why it's backed by a bond. Indemnity. Right. Bond. Exactly. Yeah. So if you was to go to a port director, let's say you had a, a Hispanic that was trying to come over here, right? Or let's just say for instance that you had a wife and she got deported, right? And she'd been in Mexico, she's trying to get back, they won't let her get back, right? But she's not right. bonded, none of that shit. And they refuse to bond her. That's what that's what they're doing is they're bonding her and naturalizing her at the same time. But if a more who has the wherewithal to do a bond, security agreement to bring her over here through his own trust and, and through his majesty's port with, with a proper injunction, what's the problem? The problem is that he, that more, who wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I guess he would have a birth certificate because he changed the status of it, but she would have it loaded, she would have everything with be loaded. Yeah, exactly. But that's be a bond. So what, so what I'm saying is, is he would be the owner of, of uh, not necessarily, but he would have been the person who granted, you're right, in a sense, yeah, he would have been the person who granted that bond for that person to come over here. Do you know when you get married, right, and you're a U.S. citizen and you marry an illegal, right, and they allowed him to become a U.S. citizen, all they did was take your bond and and, and, and they added them to it. Right. But that's funny. I mean, when you get married, I guess they don't ask you for no birth certificate, but I guess they they do ask you if you got a social security number, but they don't verify. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's kind of like creating, I'm just looking at it from a more educated level now, because when I first had did like the indemnity bonds and security agreements, I wasn't on this level of knowledge. And so um, I ended up doing the nine years See between my straw man and the and my um, spiritual name, and this, but I didn't have the knowledge that I have now, you know. And, it, and it's and it's kind of it's kind of dope because now since we're moving into proper status, and once everything is on the record and official, when you file a nine UCC and you do it correctly, then that really would hold weight in uh well, in legal see, in legal see, matters. See See, that's the whole thing. That's a lien, right? So you essentially, when you when you're doing a lien, right? If you was to bring somebody over here in that capacity, you can you can lean them up too. You, you can put them under your bar, put a lien on them, bring them over here. Put the, mm-hmm. but you don't know this, you know all that good stuff. Go, you have to go through the proper channels, of course, right? To do the injunction mm-hmm. to even get the clearance to bring her over here, or whoever it is. But yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it, people have to look outside the box because. This information is really universal. It applies to us because we here, we in this motherfucker, we've been here. Right? They've been calling us slaves and shit, but it also applies to our neighbors. Let's just say niggas from Canada was having this problem. Mm-hmm. And they was trying to get over here from Canada. Canada's probably one of the better countries to be. Yeah, it is. But, yeah. So let's just say they was trying to come over here from Canada. Niggas is at the borders from Canada trying to get in. It'd be the same thing. We'd have the ability to bring them into our ports. Everybody wants Contact to come over Contact the border here. patrol director. Right. 
Yeah, and then actually exactly. when you bring them over code, here yeah. and you do your non UCC and you add and you do a uh, you add them to your uh, your security agreement injunction security and uh, injunction and all that they technically would be your property because in your security agreement the stru- the spiritual man or the non number pretty much there you go yes owns exactly. everything so 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 you understand what's happening then when they naturalize them into the United States they become the property what of who. United States. Of the United States. Yeah. Corporation, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then they get a franchise yeah. number, they make them a franchise, an independent franchise of a corporation. Social security number is your franchise number. Yeah, that's right. So in my yeah, case, I've been over here. Society and... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kinda it's kinda deep, man. It's it's, it's pretty dope the way the way it's set up. But now I see the picture real clear. And I see, I see it really, really clear right now. And and like, if you bring that up in the legal matter, it will have to be a private situation. You couldn't even do it in the public court. You would have to bring mm-hmm. that in the Article mm-hmm. Three court, I would imagine. Of course, to make that stand up. Constitutional, you have to bring it to the constitutional court. Yeah, you have to be a court mm-hmm. that actually deals with, with with that topic. That actually deals with immigration, nationality, because like just like the case I gave y'all. I can go look that case up. Um, you know, the the, the the federal court has said the states can't deal with immigration. Only they can. <laughs> well, that's mm-hmm. all unconstitutional, isn't it? Because that's federal, number one. Right. So that means that if y'all telling me that I have to only abide by these federal laws, then y'all killing my ingress, y'all killing my regress, y'all killing my ability to come and go as I please. Y'all killing the ability for, for me to use the treaty by having these federal statutes. There. Now, when you deal when that happens, right, and you go to court and something like that does happen, how do you get out of the court and bring it to the right court? Do you do a notice of removal and then say, for the reasons why I'm removing it, because you're not acknowledging the Constitution for such and such and such, then you would, you know, you put a notice of removal well, and then they would I mean, automatically. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, niggas ain't getting deported. It's, it's normally people who who wasn't born here. So a lot well, of yeah. times, the only way that the only way that they can really get out of that is to invoke their constitution to protect the rights. They have to invoke it. They have to invoke the constitution in the jurisdiction and all of that. Right. But they would also have to have somebody that's a more than knew them. That that helps. It really does help. Or mm-hmm. how about this? Okay. What if they're Moors too, are they not? Yeah, they are. If they're in the Americas, exactly. Yeah. I would imagine. Exactly. So, so what did the peace and treaty friendship say about uh, subjects from other dominions who was who was Moors? They ran into issues. No. They would be set at liberty. Oh, uh, they're supposed to go back to their government, right? No, it said they'd be set at liberty. Mm-hmm. It says they will be immediately set at liberty. Set at liberty. If you're more, right. and you from if you if you're more, and you from here, and 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 you have somebody that's a United States citizen, or or, or somebody from another dominion, and they got problems, you can bring them into the fold. Or if you're more from another dominion and you got problems, you can come into the fold, and and, and basically you surrender to the empire, and they and they set you at liberty. That's what the treaty said. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so when you're dealing with these judges, right? When you're dealing with treaty issues and things like that, you put it on the record, then you got to have a motion to be heard about the about the facts of the of the case. I got to you got to have a separate hearing about the treaty. Of course, everything. You can't of even course. bring it up. You got to do it. It separate. was slow down. It was slow down the ICE procedure. You understand, people who who going through ICE have no um, due process. They're not giving these people due process. Right. They they're, they're taking their due process away from them right off the bat. No, 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 no due process for you. Come on. You think 21 got due process? Hell no. Nah. They, they put 21 on the next I mean, if you think smoke. about it, if you think about it, he wouldn't necessarily have due process. I mean, and here's my thinking. They probably didn't give him due process because he don't have a bond. So, therefore, he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's his well, rights protected. And, and, and that, that wouldn't make sense, right? Because his, his bond, see, you know why they want to check in? So, because because they gotta make sure that, that you don't uh, you know run off on the bond. The bond don't expire and shit. Check in, right. fight, sign up and shit. Sign paperwork. So it is a bond. Twenty one. It's not bonded. Then they get but they got a little right. bread when they ain't bonded. So I mean that would be like a big deal. And then and then here's but here's the thing about it. He is bonded. He's a U.S. citizen. He got a passport and a social security number. How about that? I mean, he kind of like in the same situation as somebody that would have a, a birth certificate. He's, he's but, a perfect but person. have a different name. Man, he's the perfect person and that needs to use the Constitution. He's like a prime example of, of – he's like the guinea pig, bro. Did he try to use the Constitution? No, he didn't. Not, not that I know of. He did. I haven't heard nothing else about the story. Right. Well, if he had to use the Constitution, he wouldn't be in the state he was in right now. If he had an injunction, then he wouldn't be in the position he was in right now. Right, right. And that injunction is 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 a very. I know for a fact when you send those injunctions up, I didn't, like I said, I didn't talk to the sheriff. I didn't ask him. I went up to his office and I talked to him personally. Shook his hand, and I asked him mm-hmm. about the injunction process and how it works. He says. It comes across my desk. You're dealing with the sheriff, not the. You got to deal with the sheriff. It comes across my desk, and I send it to the legal department, and they do the correct thing that's supposed to be done with it. I don't exactly. even read it. I don't see it, but I send it. You know. Exactly. Now you so, know that's yeah. what happens uh, with the passport too. Yeah, what happened with the passport? I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about what's going on, and you know, once we get through this process. Uh, you know, we need to all circle back up and, um, like I said, go to the next move. I mean, I'm sure y'all got a time frame on this one. I mean, how much time y'all, y'all going to try to put before we actually go ahead and make a move. But uh, um, other than that, bro, I just, I got a, I got a question, a couple questions, um, just as it relates to, uh, it's, it's not on topic, though. It's kind of like something else. Um, but you're an expert at it, so I wanted to ask, get you I got you on the phone. Um, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act, right? I'm, I'm putting a lawsuit uh-huh. against uh, one of the credit bureaus for, um, you know, violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So my question to you is when, when I'm putting the, um, my letter together, I got everything in there, but there are certain aspects that would qualify 
from the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, such as the amount of time that they have to the 30 days to uh, to make the right. correction. Right. right. So, uh, right. Kinda, so I'm joining two parties. I'm joining the, the federal. I'm joining Experion, and I'm joining the, the uh, debt collector, the, the, the furnisher that's right. reporting the information, getting the information from. And so, I mean, I guess my question is. After I do my three letters, I got them. I got my three letters, and I put them on that the third to fourth, and then I'm going to put uh, my notice of intent to sue. Oh, actually, I'm going to do a, a notice to mitigate. Then I'm going to do a notice of intent to sue. I'm going to give them an affidavit of everything I did, send it up to the CEO, and then I'm going to file that complaint if I don't get what's needed within that amount of time. And so um, oh, am I missing any steps from that? You know, after I filed a complaint and everything like that. Uh, well, I, I, always tell, I always tell people, yeah, I mean, well, one of the things that you can always do is you can always send them a bill. It's one of the final things you mm-hmm. do. You know, you do your your, your notary presentment on the on that, mm-hmm. and you know, you would uh you would send them a bill uh, for the amount mm-hmm. that you're suing them for, and if they don't settle right. with you, you know, you can include that into your case. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. you do your summary judgment, your notary uh, mm-hmm. protest, and uh. You file your complaint. Yeah. Right, right. So when I so should I send the bill when I send the send them to the CEO my notice of intent? Should I have a bill attached to that? I would. Absolutely. Okay. And then my other question is, if you in court for a civil matter, if you're in court for a civil matter, right? And you bring up Trinzi versus Pagliaro but the attorney gives you paperwork and wants you to answer all these questions that are totally against the Constitution, and then this, mm. and then he asks the judge for a notice to compel, because I said, no, I'm not giving you information, like income information. Mm. So, and, and he asks the judge for a notice for a, a motion to compel, and the judge says, well, all right, I can grant that notice to compel, and then that will force from what they say. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if for us who. No, nah, what, what, yeah, what you do is um, you need to bring in the Constitution. So, so you bring right. the Constitution okay. and you put, you, you put the Constitution on the record, right? And then you plead the Fifth, mm-hmm. plead the Fifth Amendment, right? I don't have to give y'all nothing right. uh, that's on the grounds of self-incrimination. But you have, so you okay. can't just plead the Fifth um, on the record, right? You have to actually plead the Fifth on the record and Put the Constitution in on the record when you plead the fifth. That back there, oh, the Constitution is the Constitution is on the record. So I got to I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna do a motion to be heard uh, uh, based on uh, based on the facts of the case. Yeah, you need to do a motion and, uh, for judicial notice. What what you need to do is I you can put it in again, and, and mm-hmm. if you wanna if you wanna bring out that specifically, then okay. put an affidavit in with it. Okay. All right. I got it. Yep. Hey, bro, I got to keep got it going, man. I got a lot of people behind okay. you, bro. For sure, for sure. Appreciate the love. Appreciate Peace you. to the God. I like no doubt. Peace. 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 All right, uh, 225, 324. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. What's going down? You hear me? Not mm-hmm. too much, man. Doing all right, bro? I'm good. I'm good. You know me, man. Steady ready. 
Always busy. Right. It's all good, right, though. Right. Yeah, it's a good topic, though. Border Patrol. And, and oh, ICE. yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Nationality is very important. Yeah, man. Um, Finally found me a, uh, a notary, man. Um, to mail off my injunction. Oh, you asked me that again, bro? It's kind of breaking up a little no, bit. I said, I, fi- I, said I finally, finally found me a good notary. To mail off you, oh, you found me a good notary? Oh, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, man, I, I forgot uh, one of my old homeboys, his wife. She had went to law school. Uh, She'll know. She had, yeah, she do that too, notary. Notarized paper. You gotta have your good notary, man. Notary's worth the weight and gold. I've been telling people. You gotta have a good notary. Right. Right. You get yeah, a um, good notary. My, my mama's my notary. But, yeah, but what's good, oh, though? man, that's, that's what's up, man. Not too much, man. No, I got a quick question. Um, Y'all had called the IRS um, wanting to get my uh, EIN number. Um, and they was telling me they don't do that over the phone no more. Man, what you call it? Try to get nine eight number? No, 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 no. I got that. I got that. Uh, uh-uh. EIN. You trying to get EIN for what? For the uh, for my trust. For bit. The car trust. Oh, that's what. Yeah. Oh, you talking about for for just a regular car trust? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do it online. Yeah. Oh, we told you. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Do it online. I, I, I faxed it to him, but I'm, I'm going to go online. I'm going to go online and do yeah, it. You, yeah, you can get it real quick online. Yeah. Because online, you, just, you know, you get it in a few minutes. You don't have to wait a couple weeks and all that mm-hmm. shit. They just send it to you. Put right. you on up. And, um, and for my business, I need to need to do that 8832 uh, right uh yep to give it to your trust you would you definitely would <coughs> yeah if you give it over oh, okay. to your trust I would do 8832 okay so what if somebody have that- some money in the in the 401k and um okay what about it and they want to get it out without them penalizing them or Taxes. Mm-hmm. So I, I a lot of times that. with the four hundred one, yeah, a lot of times with the four hundred one k, you can do um, like an early what they call like a drawdown schedule. Right, you can you can pull it out early. Um, and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll 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 make it where you can do the the penalty in terms of the taxes. You, you can take care of it yourself at tax time. They kind of do the same thing with um, what is those shit called um. CDs, certificates of deposit, they do the same thing with those too. So you would have to talk to the people who who have your four hundred one k, right? Wherever it's sitting at, okay. and then you know, like let know that you ready to draw down on it. Want to do every draw down on it, and then when they ask you to tax, nobody say, "Well, we want the tax out of the four hundred one k, or you gonna pay it later? You pay that shit later, you know." But if you put that money into a trust. Do it properly, 
you may not be liable for a tax depending on how you structure it. Right. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. And um, as far as you saw my injunction, like when she notarized it, I, you know, I I told her the deal about the mailing, but she just gave me her address and told me, she said, you can mail it. You can use my address and mail it. And I ran it all down. Yeah, you just do it. Yeah. I always find that's the best way to do it. If you got a notary that's cool with you using their address and they understand what you're doing, and you send it out and you do everything on uh, on their behalf, a lot of times, if, if they don't want that time to learn this, this information, then then you you end up being on that end where you just have to do stuff on your own, you know what I'm saying, and, and utilize um, them being a notary. Best way to do it, right? Okay. Yeah, man, that's about all I had, though, man. Okay, God. Yeah. All right. Good to yeah. hear from you. Appreciate that. Yeah, same here. Okay, God. Appreciate you too, bro. All right. All right, I'll be getting Good with job. you. All right, peace to the God. What a, what a, what a, what a, where we at? Um, oh, real quick, we got a seminar coming up. We're going to be in Philadelphia. We'll be there on the 23rd of February, which is next Saturday. So if you're in the area, come out. We'd love to see you. If you're in the tri-state area, uh, you know, Maryland, D.C., any, if you, hell, if you're close, nigga, come out. Come get the info. Alright, because after that we're going, I'm moving it around to the Midwest, so come out, man. Come holler at us. If I didn't get a chance to politic with you in New York, if you want to come out, come on out. Alright, let's go to another caller. Let's go to 832-322. Peace, peace, peace. Peace to God. What's up, buddy? Peace to God. Much. Hey, I heard uh, they be giving these immigrants and stuff like that, you know, whenever they get their allegiance to the United States, they give them a certain amount of money, like 10 racks or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, they, they give them money to, to um assimilate them into society, make it comfortable for them. Right. There's a program that they do with it. That's why why you think that they moved everything to the Department of Labor and Budget. Yeah. Labor, my nigga, labor and labor and budget. We gotta have a budget for these niggas. For sure, for sure. It's just kind of like your kids, you know. If they own their purses now, you know, you kind of want them to be well off. So you know, whenever they paying you, you know, you don't have a problem with them, you know, paying them taxes. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't set them up for, you know, not to fail. But uh, man, I I uh, no, that's I'm how I look at it. it. Yeah, that, that's how I look at it too, man. But uh, this this knowledge, right? Yeah. You help you help me with a uh with a consultation not too long ago for my okay. for this little herb case I got. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to help one of my partners right now. He man, he was with like I guess. Part creditor, you know, information and all this type of stuff. So he went out and, and tried to obtain, you know, a deed or a title to this house, to this 
$300,000 house. And uh, they, they charging them with, you know, uh, acquiring documents through deception. Uh, well, yeah, how, how did that happen? I mean, he went up to the county and basically, like, tried to get the allodial title, you know, for the for the land or whatever. And I don't know if they ended up granting it to him, but my grandpa said, you know, he he was using our address for, you know, since he wasn't using where he lay his head. So they sent him the the paperwork to pay the uh the taxes on the house with his name on it. You know what I mean? Like, as if the, it went through, but they, like, a couple of days later, the laws just, like, four, five laws ran, you know, ran up on him and pulled him out the car. And he's been locked up for a couple months now. So, so what you need to do is, is you need to find out exactly what he's charged with. Whatever he's charged with is, un- is unconstitutional. I'll tell you that now. Right? Uh, so you're gonna have to do a, a constitutional challenge now. Rule 5.1. You got to put the shit in for him. You got to put the transient in for him. You got to put all this shit in for him. Okay. I got all that. You gonna probably holler at me in private, bro? So we, I can, I can walk you through what needs to be done. Okay. If, you, if yeah. you're gonna do it for him. He, he trying to do, he want me to do some birth certificate bonds. If he is to like the birth certificate bonds, he want to try to get the kid bonded out, you know, so he can get out and try to deal with it. But uh, he had sent me like some uh, some bonds that he had did and got notarized. He just wanted to take it to the bond company. But I was no, 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 no. They didn't give him a bond? Now they did give him a bond. It was just probably like I think it was like a hundred thousand dollar bond or something like that, or five hundred thousand hey, dollars. That's why. That's the reason why. The reason why you need to put a copy of that constitution in now on the record form. Might that should even need to go to the judge. Listen, a habeas corpus needs to be done for him because of the fact that what's happened. What's happening is that under the constitution in the state, you're not supposed to pay more money. And what you can afford to bond out. Yeah. How can you have a proper defense if you was never able to bond out to, to, to even secure a proper defense? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they, a bond of 100000 they charge him 10% of that. He don't have $10,000 to get out. He can't pay $10,000. But, but the judge is not following the Constitution. All that, all that is written mandamus, you see? That's where the mandamus comes from. Okay. The, okay. Judge ain't following, the judge ain't following his job. Yeah, I already, I got a habeas corpus already ready for him. And I, I ain't exactly. did his challenge yet, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put in almost everything that I put in my case. Try to help him out and, and just throw it in for him. And, uh, yeah, you know, let yeah, him know. Yeah, do that. Got to be tailored to his situation, though, so so don't just throw anything in there. You know, if you yeah, need yeah, help, yeah, no. you reach out and get it for him. And, and, and I don't, I'm going to try to go ahead and get that consultation so I can, you know, chop it up a little bit, you know, in detail in the private. Okay, no doubt. For sure. And, and I got one more question, too, man. Uh, I went to court last week or the week before last, and uh, man, I'm talking about, like, the judge. 
it's like my third time going in the court, you know. And uh, the judge, he he just reset me like he didn't even want to talk to me. Talking about he had to go. Like he seen everybody before me. I'm like the last one in court. And uh, when they got to me, you know, they talking about they they just gonna reset me. And you know, the judge don't he gotta leave and this this and that. You know what I mean? And the judge, he's still sitting there, like, getting his paperwork together, getting ready to leave. But I'm just, like, wondering what's going on. Like, why, you know, I'm asking them, you know, what's the reason for the reset? Like, and they just telling me what the judge has to leave and this, this, and that. But I think they just giving me the run around. Yeah, but, yeah, hold on, this is for the weed case, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they reset it after you put your paperwork in? I had, no, nah, I, I put my paperwork in uh, the last time, but when I put it in that time, that was the judge's, like, second day on the job. So he told me, he going to tell me, well, this is my second day on the job. I haven't had a chance to look at the paperwork and this, this, and that. So I guess he done looked at it, and then, you know, now this is what I got. You know, he just reset me without even hearing me. Yeah, no, he, 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 he listen, bro, these people don't know how to deal with the Constitution because they don't deal with it. So when you bring it up, it slows them down and stops everything they're trying to do. These motherfuckers are like, damn, this nigga got us. He's he's not like the rest. And of these I don't. Niggas. They don't have no motherfucking indictment. Like they still have it. It's been over like almost 150 days. They don't. They still don't have indictment. Oh yeah, you need to you know um, I mean? ask for this to be. You need to put in the motion to dismiss. Speedy trial, dog. Under the speedy trial yeah. provision, you're supposed to have a, you're supposed to have a speedy trial. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay, man. I, I, I I'm like I said, I'm gonna let you in the private on that other issue. I appreciate that though. Okay, guy, no problem. Please, ready that. Please. All right, let's go to five one three five one zero, and the bottom line, what's going down? Five one three. Hello, hello. What's up? What's up, John? What's happening? Man, peace to the gods, bro. Peace to God. Why you sound so low, man? Oh, my bad. I'm a, uh, I got the uh, Bluetooth phone, man. Yeah, I ain't, I didn't push one or nothing, bro. <laughs> That's what okay, yeah, it, it, had your, it had your number. Yeah, it had, it had your line up. <laughs> He said your hand was up, man. You know? <laughs> I don't Universe know. I guess the ancestors made me. Made me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the yeah, universe uh, called on you, bro. You, you must have a shit. question. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have no questions. Uh, uh, so y'all been talking um, about the uh, rescission of signature lately, like, like real hot. And uh, so I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was thinking, would that work for for a, 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 a criminal traffic case? Of course it would. Word, word. But you you do realize yeah. that traffic cases ain't criminal. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. But you know that's what they got you listed. Got of course, these motherfuckers will tell you in a heartbeat a traffic case is criminal. They love saying that shit. Oh, right. you! Oh, you! Right. You had a suspended license. That's a criminal infraction. No, the fuck, it's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, okay, that yep. sounds good. Then, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, well, man, that should work for the. Yeah, cause I signed the I signed the ticket. Mm-hmm. And that's, exactly. that's like you that's were saying yeah, exactly. It's only contract you got with them, so you were signing to them, and you don't have no contract. <laughs> that's live, man. Yo, I was gonna put that in tomorrow. <laughs> See what happens, yo. Make yeah. sure you get it uh, notarized, yeah. notary presentment, and then you right. put it in, sign it to the case. You said notary presentment. Yep. So just mail it in. You can mail it in if you so you do a notary presentment. So basically, you put like an affidavit together, rescission, or you can get one that I got on my site, and then you put a notary presentment on top of it with a, with a notary signs and stamps and shit, and then you send it. You, you send it uh certified, restricted, or registered mail. So I mean, okay. Well, could I could I could I just go hand deliver it into the clerk? Of course you can, but I mean, you know, when you mail shit, it's always effective. I would do both. Oh, okay, right, right, okay, bad. That's what you hand deliver it to the clerk and get it stamped. Yeah, yeah, and then send it notary presentment certified. Uh huh. Oh, heck, right. Good shot, bro. Good shot, God. Yes, yes. That sounds good. Okay, okay. God. No problem. That's all I had. That's all I had, bro. All right. All right, God. Peace. All right. Peace. Man, it has been a long day. I'm damn exhausted, y'all. Uh, go to makemorecommerce.com. Y'all can uh, register for the seminar in Philly there, pick up some products. Uh, I had a lot of people who ordered products and consultations and trying to catch up with everybody. So if I've uh, got you on my list, be patient. I'm getting around everybody as fast as possible. All right, let's go to 917-796. Peace to the God. 917-796. All right. I think that's it. Yep. All right. Uh, what's today? Today's Sunday. Make uh no, it's just our set will be on tomorrow. Yes, go to Awake with our set. Should be on early tomorrow. Go check her out. Should be on at 10 a.m. Eastern. Support the sister. All right. She does her uh, free readings. Y'all can get your spiritual reading on. All right. My man Jonah, he's been traveling, so he ain't been on on Friday, so he should be on this upcoming Friday, holding it down. All right, let's go to 470-301. Peace. Peace. Yo, quick question. If you, if you, uh, quasi, would it still be, would you be able to, um, bring somebody a foreigner in? Not if you quasi. That's because if you quasi, that would mean you still naturalized under the U.S. citizenship, which means that you don't have any rights to that treaty. Oh, okay, okay. So it, 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 you know it don't have nothing to do with it. if you got a foreign trust, you still couldn't use 
that like that as an entity nah. to, to bring them in. Okay. Nah, because it's still an issue of still an issue of immigration. Okay, I got you. Okay, and then on yep. another note, um, I got all the the um the information for the third parties and the fair credit reporting acts and all of that. I was trying to put mm-hmm. um I was telling more of my homeboys about it, how the game worked. But he ended up he tried he needed to make a move. So he just went and got somebody to wipe his credit out so he could turn around and hop on a trade line and get along and make some moves he's trying to do. But mm-hmm. she she started on it and stuff started coming off and the government shutdown happened and she told them it was certain things that she couldn't do until they started up. So I was trying to figure out if everybody got the same letters and you dealing with third party debt collectors and credit bureaus, what what could what would have what would the government have to do with that process? Well, what she was telling him is like so under the FDCPA, FCRA, that's all federal shit. So when when they shut the federal government down, you can't go to federal court. You can't you can't even if, from my understanding, even certain parts of the credit the credit bureaus are privately owned, but they're instituted through the federal government. So a lot of shit that that, that is happening um, you know, in terms of people's credit and being able to clean credit and shit like that, it, it's federal. And so, yeah, she was right by telling them that. I, I told people that when the government was shut down that we couldn't do credit to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought everybody was just using templates to get that stuff done. I didn't know it was it was that deep. Yeah, it's past templates. I mean, this ain't just a template. Thing. You use templates because in the in this particular world, everybody has documents, right? You know, if you think about a lawyer, lawyer does everything based off of documents. So a template is only as good as the person who's using it and their knowledge. So I give you a template all day long on the injunction, but if you don't understand the Constitution that created the template, there's no point in you using it, right? Right, right. I got you. Yeah, so it's just really, you know, when you think about the templates, you have to really think about that. I mean, templates are just there, you know, for that particular reason. So my template is completely different from, you know, a template that somebody else might use. But I've tailored my template specifically to deal with certain matters that I know can pull money, clean credit and get money at the same time. That's how I like it. Right. Right. Okay, yeah, I was just curious about that. Okay, bro. Appreciate right, the problem. I appreciate that. No problem. All right. Peace. All right, all right, all right. Uh, shit, let's take one more caller. 773-457. Peace to God. Peace. Peace, peace. Yeah, uh, got a question on the other call. I know uh, about the rescission, rescission of signature. Now, you said you had a traffic case. So when you're rescinding the signature, what are you just rescinding it for the license for? Well, that's or a good what? question. The citation let's say or that, what? 
well, it depends on what they got a ticket for. You know, because I've seen people who had no license and they got a ticket for something completely different. So, if if it's a license issue, you know, and you had a driver's license, then you have to rescind your signature. Like, so let's say you got arrested for driving while suspended, and they give you a ticket for that. You had to show up to court. Yeah. And you would rescind your signature on the license. And if you had to find that ticket to show up, you might rescind your signature on that too. Okay. So shouldn't that go to the motor vehicles, not through the court then? Well, it depends. It, it depends on where you're at. If you, if you, so okay. The Department of Revenue, where I'm at, is who is over uh, the license bureau, right? Who who can get driver's licenses? Who can't? All that good stuff. So. The Department of Revenue, of course, you would want to put them on notice and let them know. But if you're in court and you're dealing with the court, you also got to rescind your signature in that court, too. That's a court of record. Okay. Well, it becomes a court of record, after that, when you make it one. Okay. So, you, you, so typically, you got to do both. Rescind it with the court and then... Whoever's license is issued through whether it's the motor vehicles or the Department of Revenue. Yeah, well, whoever issued it, it's different in different states. Okay, yeah. all right, I got it. You know, I mean, the whole thing about it is depending on what state you're in would determine, you know, uh, how that's done. It's different everywhere you go. Remember, bro, there is such thing as. Uh, full faith and credit guys. Okay Alright I mean shit Shit's right. supposed to be equal Across the board <laughs> You would think Yeah we know it's not Well we know it's not though Uh-uh It's supposed to be though It's supposed to be doing shit uniform But when the fuck have they ever Really done shit uniform. I mean, you can, you can go to Cali and smoke tree, but you can't go to New York and smoke tree. So, you know. Because I was just in court the other day, and the judge uh, had a couple of motions. my second motion to dismiss in there. Then right. I orally asked to be heard. He said, Oh, let's just do it right now. I'm like, No, nah, I need to prepare. I need to schedule. He said, No, nah, you can do it right now. Mm. So this for your motion to be heard? No, that was my motion to dismiss. I didn't put my motion, motion to be heard in there because I was uh, I was waiting to put and, my and, and, I, and I'm sure he, he he didn't grant your motion to dismiss, right? No, this is the second time. Right, of course. He's gonna play that game. Did you put the constitution in? Nope, that was my next because I wanted to add uh a couple extra things on the affidavit um, just about love the judge being a portion just to get that on the record so I can uh, judicial notice that yeah you absolutely gotta put that in on the record bro hmm. so we're just trying, trying to make a spectacle out of it because he had an audience oh yeah well they can keep making a spectacle until you start shutting it down and they can you like, nigga, you could pop a black cat, nigga. I could pop a real firework over here. I'm, 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 I got an atomic bomb called the Constitution. 
Wow. Yep. <laughs> Answer for the prosecution. I'm just sitting there just smiling. <laughs> prosecution is just quiet. Well, the judge is just taking up for I'm just sitting there just smiling like this dude. Mm-hmm. Well, the judge is the one, the judge be kind of arbitrate and shit. Like, nigga, where are you? Why are you practicing law from the bench? Exactly. You know? I've already asked him to recuse himself, which he hasn't yet. So, mm-hmm. but yet the Constitution's not in there. So, so when that goes in there, I know things will be a little bit different. Right, exactly. Put that in there, and then. You know, sit back and see what happens. And then come back and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Come back and talk to them. Put a constitutional challenge in there. And, uh, yeah. Walk on for it. Yeah, buddy. That's what it is. All right, that's all, all I right, have. my man. Great show. Great show. No doubt. No doubt. Make sure you put Transit versus Pack Railroad in, too. That's important. Yeah, I got that. I had everything uh, ready and waiting. I think I hit you on the snap too. Hit you on the snap, telling me about it. But uh, what is Tano? Yeah. Yeah. Nigga. <laughs> Nigga, you know you sent me the most random <laughs> shit on that snap. I do. I do. My bad. <laughs> I'll be having hilarious. fun. Man. <laughs> like you got a message from so yeah, I see that man. I see that. <laughs> hey, whatever happened with your case, man? You know the the, the one where they jumped on you in the casino. Uh, you know, I have moved back. Uh, I moved back to Chicago. Hello? Yeah, I mean, say it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had moved back to Chicago, so I just went on ahead and, uh, just did, just got probation. Settled out, got probation. Oh, they gave you probation on it? Off that. Yeah. So I just went yeah, on ahead and did that. Yeah, so still, I just did the signature, the signature. Yeah, you still that. got a light sentence, though, because they were trying, they were trying to hit you over the head. Yeah, they, they were trying to hit me over the head. And that's when the attorney generals, they did come in and respond. But they were responding to uh, Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. They did respond. Uh-huh. Yeah, they responded to breach of contract because it was actually someone claiming an actual injury. So that's what made it a little different. That case a little different. That's right. Where his ass wasn't injured. Mm-hmm. So... Man. That's what's up, man. Good to see you still thrive. Yeah, I just man. didn't feel like traveling back and forth. I just didn't feel like traveling. Nah, back it's, and it's forth. a pain. It's, it's a pain in the ass. It, it can become that. Yeah, it, it can yeah. become that with these cats. Like, sometimes, bro, you guys take the path of least resistance. I don't, you know, I never tell nobody if you don't feel comfortable fighting your case, you know, going all the way through it. You know what I'm saying? You got to do what's best for you. But, you know, I, I always try to give you the best option. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes the best option is to do what you got to do. Sometimes the best option is yeah. to stand all the way through that shit on your square. Yeah. Only you can know In it's some best. Cases, you, know? you can't do that. Like this case, I'm yeah, just Yeah, some cases you can do that, man. Yeah. Some cases you can do that because you're like, man, listen, I got the time. These motherfuckers, they can't take me to jail for this shit. You know, certain certain things you can do. Like, I had seatbelt ticket, man. I fought that shit. I just wanted to do it for practice. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. get a feedback ticket and win. No problem. Get your confidence up. Get something under your belt. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
All right, my dude. I appreciate you calling, bro. All right. All right. All right, I guess. All right. Okay, to, God. Stay up, man. Hit snap. me on the snap. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. <laughs> All right, peace. I don't crazy, man. You need to be wild and shit on there. All right, man. Y'all know what it is. It's that time for me. I'm up out of here. But check it. I'll be on Friday. I'm working on getting that show during the week. I think I'm going to start that show during the week next month. My schedule's so crazy busy. Um, if I can fit it in, we'll do it like, you know, it'll be an evening show. I don't want to step on nobody's toes, though. So it might be a morning show because, you know, we got brothers on the other stations that do shows and stuff like that. But. Um, that's what it is, man. I appreciate y'all straight up. Appreciate y'all doing commerce with me, continuing to grow, doing y'all studying. Got a lot of new information this year. Look forward to bringing y'all. Uh, the student loan webinar is available if you need it. You want to get rid of them student loans? It's up there. Go get it. So is what is the, what's the other webinar that we did? Oh, um, appeals. For, you, for those of y'all who's in the pills, go get that pills getting on. Alright. That's that's it. I'm out. I ain't got shit else to tell y'all niggas. I'm out. Peace to the God. Y'all have a great night. I'll holler at y'all real soon. Stay on your square. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L on the new evolution radio network.
every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network.